as soon as the tree is all done and I have all the decorations on it, I have to sit down and watch Batman Returns. That's how I... Mm. It's not Christmas until the penguin bites that dude's <laughs> nose off. <laughs> season season's greetings season's fucking eatings am i right we're gonna get to gullet time and yes hello it's your father here it is the season and maybe it doesn't feel like a time to be celebrated we all get it it's 2020 but can't we at least try to recapture that spirit who says we can't feel joyous and celebratory during this time of year in an attempt to add to the holiday cheer why not Let's just open up one of our gifts, as is often a tradition. You can thank me later, but guess what? Last time on First Time. Do you, do you remember how Shane was in a dark, deadly subway, facing off against odds that he's never really been up against before, almost to get all the way to the end, only to die in the most absurd Shane way of all ways? He's perfected lighting three different infected on fire at the same time. Can he get past these final four and finally get to ground level just to figure out where the fuck they are so they can drop this girl off? All right, take seven. What's the adjustment this time? How are you going to get through this time unscathed? Can you, can, you, can you do this? Do you think you can get through the rest of this without taking damage? He said, we'll see, very confidently. I, I wouldn't say it was very confident. It was, like, so it was like, oh, we'll see. So there's the runner, and there's one of the clickers. So we know there's a, a runner and a clicker on this side, and on the other side, there's a runner and clicker. So we don't want to obviously attract them. We want to try to take them out on the side they're already on. There's a clicker about 15 feet away from Shane. It's back to him, shambling away. Now Shane is slowly crouched, walking past. The clicker continues off towards Shane's right, towards the middle of the room. Shane's kind of on the far left side of this uh, room. And now he's creeping up to the vending machine. Uh, and this runner has their back to Shane. Uh, the clickers has no clue where he is. So the clickers wandering completely away from them. The runner is just standing there, uh, just ready to die. And let's see, did Shane learn how to grab somebody? We're about to find out. Oh, triangle. He grabs him now. If you hit square, you strangle. Okay, you used a shiv. So now you're down to two shivs. Just be careful. You didn't need to use a shiv right there. Shane is very methodical slash nervous. Uh... And now uh, now that I said that, he moves a little bit faster. And there's the clicker. Oh, turned right towards Shane and turned back. He's doing this weird uh, I-know-where-you-are game. Now he, Shane grabs him. And see, you have, to use a sh you have to use a shiv on them. So, see, you don't want to use a shiv on a runner. because you, And now you're only down to one shiv. So you got to listen to your father, dude. I, I know these things. You, you think you just have an unlimited source. But it's not like bricks and bottles, baby. It's not like your fists. There's two guys left. You don't need ammo for these motherfuckers. Save your ammo, because I'm telling you, you are going to need it. And you're also going to need shooting lessons, but you're going to need it. And the hope is to shoot their eye out. All right, so we've, we we got a clicker and a runner. And this, the other runner is the one that uh, we missed on the grab attempt that turned into a, I'm going to hit you with this pipe attempt, which turned into, hey, everybody, I'm over here. Are you going to waste your shiv on him? Looks like it. No more shivs for Shane. Oh, got her, slammed her down, stomped on her head. There you go. Threats eliminated. Shane opens the safe. 
boom, finds fucking 50 parts right there. Oh, I hear somebody else. You you ain't done, are you? Clicker, 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 clicker. Jesus Christ. Wow, that, that just lazy clicker almost got Shane. I thought I got him wrong. I thought you did too. And then and then the your AI friend said clicker, and Shane said, I hardly know her. <laughs> <laughs> now we're a little bit stronger. No more shivs, unfortunately. But we got a Molotov. Molotovs can't open locked doors, by the way. You got full health. You're, you're sitting okay, my man. I'm excited for where you can go because you're only going to get better. You're going to have to get better. And you're already just just punching the shit out of everybody that that, that I don't think they're ready for, too. It's an, it's an effective attack because a lot of people are like, is he going to shoot me? No, he's just going to punch you. You can't rely on luck. You can't rely on lucky punches and sucker punches and Hawaiian punches. And, and, and you know what I mean? You just can't rely on those things. You know what I mean? Like, has anyone ever tried? Has anyone tried to beat the entire game just by punching people? I don't know. Maybe on maybe on easy mode. No, please don't. He said, "I'm about to." I think he secretly wants to. Look at her. She is. Look at her. She's been watching you. She's watching. <laughs> she, she's learning, dude. She sees you do it all the time. She's like, "Well, this must be what you do." To she's tying her shoe. I don't know. No, she's crouched, dude. She's listening for the buffalo. So, we thought we were out of the woods, and we are, but the, the Last of Us never really, like I said, it doesn't let you catch your breath. And it looks like you're probably going to have to hold your breath. I know. Look, I said we could open one gift before all the others. We can't just get fucking greedy, okay? So, given that it is the season, expect surprise gifts to pop up between now and then. But without any further ado, how about we get this episode started, eh? Royal, have you thrown down for a PS5 yet? I, I have not, man. Um, every So when I stream, they always ask me, you're going to get the PS5? And I always tell them this. The deal my wife has... Uh, uh, she, she's right here. <laughs> the, the deal she has linked me to is I'm not allowed to solely buy the PS5 by myself. Mm. I, I have to ask my nuclear family to help pitch in in order to get it. That makes sense. And I didn't think they would go through with it. And honestly, they technically haven't. Um, we haven't really planned anything. But finally, maybe like a week or two before release, I said, hey, family, <laughs> uh, it's coming out. I can't get it. You need to struggle up this deal. What do you all say? And they all were like, yeah, we're, we'll do it. We're all for it. And I was like, nah, shit, I probably should pre-order it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with everything that's going on with it right now. Oh, yeah, I hear that. It's, well, also, that's why I don't really get consoles at first launch. Like, they're yeah, always funny. So, There's always some major update that they kind of throw out and – I just I just wanted all to be clear first before I just you know jump ship and get it. That's how I feel about them too. I mean, every console cycle that we have, the first batch of them feels a little rushed, and at the you know everybody that goes out and and gets the first ones that are available on release date end up being kind of the beta group of like, all right, what are our issues? Kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a testing group. I'd I'd rather wait. But I mean, I know that. Miles Morales is pretty high up on your list, and you're probably itching to play that game. It looks well, I'm dope. already playing it, big boy. Oh, all right. How, <laughs> oh. how are you playing without PS? I thought it was an exclusive. 
No, they uh they let the PS4. Uh, oh, okay. On PS4, and you, it's a free upgrade. Oh, that's PS5. cool. That's cool. So when I when I figured that out, I was like, well, if it's a free upgrade, if I'm getting it later, then of course I'll just play it now. Yeah. And and you know when they when I do the new game plus, I'll I'll save it for the PS5. Same thing with that's Valhalla. Cool. I yeah. got Valhalla, and I was just like, yeah, I'll just I'll just play it now. That's cool. Yeah. How does it how does it stack up against uh, I guess the original Spider Man PS Four? Now, it it is an amazing game, but I know it's not a it's not going to be a full game. Yeah. Yeah. You you know when you get those DLC, which is like oh six hours of extended content. Mm-hmm. It has that feel because it absolutely picks up from where it left off. Yeah. But it um it doesn't give you as many moments as the, the original did i and see moments because, as in like you got all these villains coming out and it's just like wow you get to fight tombstone and over here you get to fight um shocker and then go after vulture like that's cool stuff mm-hmm. I, I think the last spider-man game i played was ps2 those were kind of the the, or, the ones PS2, that set the PS3. bar somewhere there's like no ground yeah yeah uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just like a big ass cloud. cloud. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think I did play the PS3 one when it came out, but I I haven't played like any of the newer ones. I've been wanting to check them out. All those Spider-Man ever. games, like all the way back to like the PS2 one, like you're talking about, that was all kind of Venom centric, and there there was a gas cloud throughout the whole city. All mm. those games I have loved. And all those games I've held on to long after I beat them, just because mm-hmm. if you have a, a free hour or something, you want to kill some time. It's just fun to swing around and not really. Yeah. Anything. It's just, it's kind of, exactly. kind of neat. Yeah, I, I still cool. have uh, the, the, oops, sorry. I still have the PS1 Spider-Man and it's uh, the PlayStation 1 and then the Inter-Electro. I still have them over there hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Inter-Electro. So is the, was it the, the one I'm thinking of, the first one ended with uh, the Carnage symbiote getting on Doc Ock, and it was like a race out of the thing. That oh level boy. gave me so much stress <laughs> as a kid. It was all just like swing, swing, zip up, swing, swing, zip up. I, I don't, my thumbs were throbbing after yeah. playing that level. It was. It wasn't just like the the speed of the swinging. It was the the fixed camera angle. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going this way or yeah. going towards your, the camera or whatever, and you don't know when, oh, that's an actual wall. Now, Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So much yeah, stress. I, I just it, remember the, the thing was just like. Dude, it was crazy. And then I remember laughing super hard. I mean, I was, again, a kid, but I just thought it was hilarious at the end. Uh, if you remember in the last cutscene, Venom asked Spider-Man if he can get Captain America's autograph. And I was like, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the whole game led up just that moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. You you all have Disney Plus, yeah. I'm assuming. Indeed, oh, yeah. yes. Have you guys seen? I just watched last night the. Um, <clears throat> it's like that. Um, it's like a documentary thing. It's like Marvel Six One Six. Yeah, there's a whole mm-hmm. episode about cosplay. Yeah, and this the, the mm-hmm. Spider first episode i watched that last night i was mm-hmm. like oh what's this and i checked it out i was like oh the japanese spider-man yeah man thing. i was like oh that's interesting you know well, it's, it's you definitely know, worth checking out for you man i don't fully utilize disney plus as much as i should to be honest because i know they have all these cool things that we would actually enjoy i mean you know you yeah. guys are talking hands first but i don't know the the number one thing obviously was was mandalorian like, yeah i think that's around the time like it came out and i was the biggest hype and of course we got it for the kids and everything but as far as like 
my committed list. I was like, I'll, I'll watch that. And then the other Star Wars talks of, uh, mm. you know, Clone Wars and everything. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just, it does feel nice to have Black Panther and Infinity and Endgame and <clears throat> just to be able to jump around. But as far as like, what show do I go to and committedly watch? Yeah, it's it's only Mandalorian. So yeah, I should I should explore some to see. What they got some at. they got some cool little like um like the documentary stuff and like mm-hmm. the behind the scenes of like you know Imagineers and Pixar and like all these different things. I watched like four different like Pixar shorts last night because I was like I'm gonna check these out and they're pretty good. I was like okay, I was like that was fun little six minute like short you know. Yeah. They have some fun little side stuff on there. The pressure is on for Disney to support Disney Plus more than they, maybe they had planned for because right now it's the only thing that's making them any money. So they're like, we we got to make sure. I mean, I I would be shocked to see if there was any dip in subscriptions now that there's a new season of Mandalorian because that's kind of the tentpole that's keeping it up. Right. Um, but, you know, their their whole model going into this thing had 2020 not happened is like we got to have new content in between seasons of mandalorian because it's like the same thing with hbo people get hbo for game of thrones and then when game of thrones isn't on they they cut out of their 30-day yeah. subscription well, thing, and they, so. didn't, they don't even have like any of the spider-man movies because i was those like, are all sony it's all sony right mm-hmm. but i was like because i i just saw far from home like last week for the first time because i was oh, like, yeah? like the only marvel movie i haven't seen yet i just never got around to it when it was in theaters and then i just i just haven't seen it and then i finally mm-hmm. got, i saw it because it was on like amazon i think mm-hmm. i was like yeah. i gotta watch it so i checked it out it was fun it's a you fun liked movie. It? it was fun the, yeah it was the, the whole montage scene i guess not really a montage but the scene where uh, uh spider-man's tripping out inside of mysterio's oh yeah vision where he's in the snow globe and everything that that shot of him picking up the snow globe with him in it gave me such chills. Cause I remember reading comics with that exact image in it where, I mean, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies are cool and all for the time they came out, yeah. but I never got the same feeling from those that I did actually reading Spider-Man comics. Right. Now technology has kind of caught up to a point where I feel like they can pull this shit off. Yeah. It's we're there at that point now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, you could, you could do, almost you can do pretty much anything i feel like now you know what i, I mean? try to i try to show my kids far from home because you know they're they're huge on spider-man and turns out i mean maybe i just didn't care to really focus on this during the movie he doesn't wear the red and blue suit until like the last 20 minutes yeah he doesn't yeah yeah, yeah. And i'm just I'll, like oh they're, they're not going to be interested until they see yeah right That's, that brings up a look that brings something up I, this is my i guess gripe with the way sony and and disney have done spider-man so far is uh, i don't know about you guys i mean like batman everybody's got their own version of spider-man that they want to see and i think that for me anyway kind of marrying that character so closely with Iron Man and making him an Avenger so fast. Like I get it. They had to kind of rush to Spider-Man needs to be a part of the infinity saga. For, uh, for me, my version of Spider-Man I want to see is Spider-Man who's having a hard time paying the bills and is in like downtown Manhattan dealing with street level stuff, not rocketing out into space and fighting Thanos. So I don't know how we get to like traditional Spider-Man from where we are now. He's, he's mm. got these like, Iron Man suits and all that. Like, I just want to see Spider-Man in the spandex dealing with one villain robbing a bank like that. I mean, maybe that's just old school, but I don't know how you get there. I don't think you're going, I don't think we're going to. Yeah. Um, It's like too far. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, because I, I don't know. I don't I wouldn't want to see your your sinister six. I wouldn't want to see Spider-Man versus um Doc Ock because I feel like he would be too far in his career now. Right. Even though yeah. he's still a kid, like, but like yeah. seeing him in the in the regular suit just trying to figure out how do, how do I fight this thing and then yeah. And then creating all of the stuff, you know, if, if right. he has the suit with the potential, you know, idea that the arms can pop out, then right. he's like, well, no, right. not yeah, right. same part. He would kick Doc Ock's ass right. in Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire if he had the suit that he has. In exactly. No, you know right. what I mean? He'd be like, you're <laughs> right. fucking done, dude. Like, there's, right. no, there's no comparison. Right. And I think that's why they're going with, with – um, with whatever the three is with Doctor Strange, because now you can implement like your your more than average villain. Mm-hmm. I hope I, I I I'm staying away from all of it, but I, I hope that that's what they do. So that if if they're trying to mix the whole Carnage Sinister Six from and and uh, Electro stuff, like yeah, that's weird, it, it man. Be done in a very cool way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's real weird. We'll we'll see what happens. I mean. Every th- all the rumors swirling around Phase Four and some of the announcements that they've made so far, I'm like, that's an interesting move. So they're definitely trying to do something different rather than just recycling the same kind of Infinity Saga model. Yeah. Um, you see who they cast as the next big bad in the overarching Marvel universe going forward? No. Have it? Have any of you guys seen Lovecraft Country? Yeah. Yes, I do know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, God. That, dude, so, first of all, that show is awesome. You definitely have to check it out if you haven't seen it, and you have HBO. It's on? Oh, HBO. It's okay. on HBO. Yeah. It's, I mean, as a, I guess, a passing fan of Lovecraft, I'm not, like, a aficionado. I haven't read all the books or anything, but I I, I dig Lovecraft stuff. I think Cthulhu's cool. Um, I The very first episode made me think it was going to be all about Cthulhu and monsters and stuff, and there's that's in there, but it takes a turn pretty early on and I'm like, this is not the show that I thought it was going to be. It's still worth your time. Anyway, what I was saying is the main guy from Lovecraft is going to be, um, uh, Oh God, I've forgotten his name. Now the guy that he's a, he's a fantastic. You got me. Kang, 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 the conqueror. Thank you. Yes. Uh, who is in the comics anyway, Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic's, uh, descendant in the future who becomes a villain and there's like three timelines of him. One of them is a superhero. One of them's a villain. And one of them's this like godlike figure. So, right. so a time be, I think is going to be a thing. Right. Well, and that was the thing. Like I've heard stuff with, you know, like the multiverse and everything. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so and, it's like, and they kind of brought that up a little bit in, in, in far from home. When I saw it, I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. you're going to hint this. And then things kind of turned in the movie, but I was yeah. like, okay. I get the sense that Marvel's kind of like Marvel. I mean, DC's sort of doing the same thing by trying to like blend all of their timelines together and like, we're going to bring back Michael Keaton and we're going to keep going with Zack Snyder and we're going to. So Marvel, it feels like is doing the same thing also with how do we bring in the Sony stuff, but then also have stuff that's different than what we're like. It's, it's real messy. Yeah. I mean, Marvel and DC both have been copying each other in the comics for generations. So forever. That's that's sort sense. of that's sort of their brand, right? Is uh, that they yeah. have to compete with each other for their brand. And speaking mm. of speaking of brands, uh, original pivot from the uh, original idea of what I wanted to order and eat. So uh, here <laughs> at here at the Pie Guys, we often are 
um, like improving our way through every single episode, whether it's technical difficulties, whether it's surprise guests popping in. And uh, if you are listening now, then you will recognize four distinct but unified voices that uh, belonging to your father. We have the train over here. Uh, Chase Jacobs, Just Chase is also here. And Leroyal Tut is in the house because it's that time of year. Tis the season to be around loved ones, to surround ourselves with family, with friends, with um, extended family, with people that we want to maybe be in our family someday, etc. all of the above. Um, so yeah, my order was originally going to go to 7-Eleven. Leroy, you were like, yo, check this out. DoorDash delivers from them. And it's, it was too convoluted in the moment. So I was like, oh, you got to sign oh, nah. in. No, no, it was. It was like, you got to sign into this and do that. And, and you also have to keep in mind, Leroy, that Trevor's been smoking. So a new <laughs> app, some kind. Exactly. But, yeah. yeah, that's the translation. Yeah, um, And yeah, I don't want to be sitting here trying to download a bunch of new apps and getting confirmation <laughs> emails. I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm going to panic now. Uh, so, let's just, so, so let's just keep it simple. I, I, I defaulted to DoorDash. I did use the app. And, I, and this just sounded like it fit. Speaking of brands, it just sounded like it fit with us. So I ordered from a place called Pizza Man. All right. So Pizza Man is coming. Is there, is it, is there a comma? Is it Pizza Comma Man or he's the no, Pizza Man? He's like the superhero version. Oh, okay. This okay. Is, this is capital P, the man, capital man. <laughs> 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 For anybody who doesn't know. Yeah. And um, I added a few things to it. So I'm going to get fat today. But that's also kind of in keeping, I think, with the holidays. Is It's sort of like you forgive yourself for indulging. I mean, uh, we're, you're kind of supposed to eat a lot of different things. Uh, and this is a little like, again, right more on brand. We've kind of gone off every once in a while. We'll do uh, you know, fast food or we might do Panda Express or some other shit. So this is straight up pizza man delivering to the pie guys for basically the holidays. And that should be coming at some point soonish. So welcome everybody for making it this far into the year. I mean, 2020 is almost we're almost done with it and is it no. I, I don't want i don't want no i don't want to like jinx anything but maybe just a, as a little softball underhand lob like oh, how are we feeling now that 2020 is is really kind of mostly in our rearview mirror um are we feeling optimistic as, dare we use words like optimism and uh hopeful you know like th- at some point leia had to put the plans into r2 to get lost in the desert to find luke etc etc so there was a new hope at some point at what point in basically in a star wars timeline are we currently <laughs> we're 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 Where do you prequels. guys think we are? We're still in the prequels, bro. Is this is this the return of the? No, well, is is this we're the return Clone of the Jedi? Wars. We're but we're at the beginning of Clone hold Wars. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Is this is this? Maybe this is a uh, Return of the Jedi, right? Because you had the Empire struck back with Trump, and so now the transition is maybe Return of Jedi. I'm just throwing it out there. What what do you guys feel right now in the moment at this point of the year? Uh, I, well, I will say that. Um, you know, what is it, a day after election day or on election day, whenever we didn't get concrete answers, but at least like had a sense that things were going a certain way. My my very first thought was this does feel like that scene in the uh, updated version of Return of the Jedi where they were pulling down. I, right. I texted both you and Shane and a lot of people, maybe Laura, I might have sent it to you too, where I was like, it you feels know, like it, that scene 
where they pull down Palpatine's statue and everyone's celebrating and there's, yeah. you know, partying in the streets. Although, uh, to, to move away a little bit from the Star Wars metaphor, where I feel now, I feel like uh, party's the wrong way of saying it. I feel like somebody had a party in my house that I didn't know was happening and I just got home and it, it feels like I have a lot of cleaning up to do. Like, oh man, it's, it's not like, oh yeah, we won and everything's going to be great. It's, there's a lot of work ahead of us and it, it's, I'm not looking forward to it, but needs to get done. So that's how I feel anyway. Right. Yes. Yes. That's well said because um, I think the immediate knee jerk reaction is to be like, yes, we toppled the empire, right? we we shot it into the hole and uh, maybe we used the force. Did we all use the force? Right. Um, and so you immediately want to have an Ewok party, but the, the reality is no, like what, the, how much changes overnight? because of an election, you know what I mean? Or even some magic, some random date, not random, but some date in January where, where the, the transition of power happens, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like even once that happens, does that. It's, definitely a, it's a momentum swing for sure. Like at least things seem like they're trying to get back on track right now, but we're not back on track yet. So yes, I'm excited that things are, seemingly going in the, what I would say the right direction. There's plenty of people that would disagree with me, but we're, we're not there yet. So I'm, I'm hesitant to be like, yes, we did it. It's like, okay, well, at least we're pointed in the direction we want to go now. Right. What I about you? Yeah. What about you, Shane or the Royal? I wish we had more time in the year. <laughs> not this year, man. <laughs> no, no, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. So uh, it, it's weird to think that 2020 is almost done but i feel like for 2020 i've done nothing uh you know what i mean like all, all the things that i i had planned all the all the things that uh before covid that i wanted to do like if 2020 ends the way we are now as you said chase like there's still a lot to do so we just feel like man 2020 nothing eventful on the side of like my usual stuff happened like we didn't get that extra little nugget of you know what guys we, we figured it all out we, we we it's all gone you have a day to just to just be and be together and celebrate or go to work or do do whatever it is you wanted to do you know if, if there was a day that i could have um past past before now it'd probably be like a convention you know, we get to go mm. to the convention. A regular day. And it's just a regular day. And it's like, <laughs> this is this is no. what's been missing out of 2020. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you know, if while it's still going, I don't, I don't have any, like, sureness that once these, once the, the new year hits, then it's all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're all okay. But I, I do feel we'll still kind of be in this sense of caution. Yeah. In this sense of, like, we understand what's out there and we understand to wear masks and we understand that, you know, large gatherings aren't recommended. Um, but so now we can go into 2021, like, what can we do? Mm -hmm. what, what can we do? What can we plan for? And, and as you said, how do we just navigate in the progressive side now that we are pointed in the right direction? Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Shana, what about you? I mean, yeah, I, I'm, 
you know, I'm going to tag on with that. It's we're going in the right direction and it's going to take time. Things don't happen overnight. Clearly, you know, I remember us kind of talking about it at the beginning when all this kind of happened when we started pie guys and we're like it's yeah. only gonna be a couple weeks yeah max <laughs> and <laughs> you know it's like it's like you look back at those episodes you're like damn we were idiots but yeah. we, nobody knew that's that's the thing nobody really knew the extent of everything that's kind of going on and and, and i think you know for I know for like all of us, especially for work in, in the entertainment industry, it's been a massive side shift in the way things are normally done that the way things that we're used to being done, you know, um, I know for myself, I've gotten like little things here and there, but nothing compared to normally. Like I, I even went and worked for UPS for three weeks, (laughs) you know what I mean? And that was just, well, well, before before you so, before you tell a UPS story, because I would actually oh love, no, you're I, good. I, I would love to hear about that. And we did talk about adaptability when we gathered for for Thanksgiving. We talked about that as a big thing that we were thankful for because you're right, Shane. It suddenly we had to find it at some point. Whether it took took us a few months into the quarantine, whether right. we, whether we overestimated, underestimated, at some point we had to have that sort of look ourselves in the mirror, come to Jesus moment of like, what am I going to do with myself now? How am I going to personally define myself and, and, right. and, and then be, be pro- productive like you're talking right. about? And, and, right. and, and there's a theme here, you know, uh, Chase, you were saying things like you're hesitant uh, um, LaRoyal, you, you said caution. And so there's this sense of like, yeah, we're almost waiting for the other shoe to drop. You're like holding your breath and, and it, 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 it's not like a joyous time, but maybe to sort of recapture or rekindle that spirit, because I, I'm going to be honest. I, I, my favorite time of the year is now is the holidays. Um, and, uh, you know, partly because of the the jobs that I've been able to do has certainly made them special and memorable, but I've always liked them. Even as a kid growing up, like my favorite time of the year was around this time. And so I don't want to lose that spirit. And on some, and you guys are talking about days and, and wishing days were longer. So it kind of really dovetails nicely into something that I want to talk about. Uh, often we, we, we talk about 12 days of Christmas, right? And I don't know what your guys's personal opinion of that is, but I, I think about that from time to time because I do smoke weed and I think of random things. I'm like, what's the significance of the 12 days of Christmas? And is it, is it, is it the 12 days? It can't be 12 days after Christmas and there's not 12 days of Christmas. So the way I rationalize it, it's like the 12 days leading up to Christmas, right? It's like on the first day of Christmas, my true love gave me this. So if, if, if that is the narrative, right? Um, when this episode comes out, uh, let me double check our calendar here, but Today should be the 22nd of December, um, which, what is that? Three, three days December away? December 22nd. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> now I'm trying to think of the day, though. I'm trying to think of the day. So it's the ninth day of Christmas. Yes. It's the ninth day of Christmas. And um, fuck it. We, there's four of us. Fuck the 12 days. Fuck all those things you know about the 12 days of Christmas. I right now, right now with you guys, we can each chime in. Since there's four of us, we can each give three different days. If you could replace the days of Christmas with either a gift or, or maybe a time in your life or like what's a, what is a day you would want? Like if, if you only had 12 days, um, 
let's 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 narrow it down. Like what what would what would be the best twelve days spent? You know, what like I mean? a, like of a like of a past memory of a of a holiday or Christmas that we sure. spent. Kind of I mean, thing, may, yeah, may, may, it could be a little bit of a Christmas Carol esque thing where maybe we we recount something from the past. Maybe we forecast something into the future. Like maybe, for instance, maybe one of my twelve days would be I want a, I want a day in 2021 where we can do this in a studio where we mm. can do this mm. in mm. in the same roof under the same roof um in the same room and kind of feel each other's energy you know what i mean like that as much as i lo- love our adaptability to have done these in the year of covid I, it's i feel uh like we're missing something because we right. can't do it in the same room so as an example that would be one of my 12 days of christmas so on the first day of christmas my true love gave me a fucking 24-hour day in the studio with my boys so that we could do pie guys shenanigans you know what i mean something like that so that's maybe a future day a present day or a past day I so there's four of us we can right here right now make up 12 days of christmas much much more desirable than that old school fucking song where nobody remembers most of those things let's be real and and you're right i i the royal you and i should probably actually know the lyrics to songs like we really should i'm I'm gonna confess i don't i don't know like if you were like what are the 12 days trevor i'd be like man i wasn't paying attention i wasn't paying really that much attention to french hands Two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. Right, That's so all f- I know. So fuck those so things. Five, like, like, five rings. Five golden oh, onion rings. That's right. And then there's, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, those are the memorable ones, but there's a bunch of random ones. So forget all that. What are the pie guys 12 days of Christmas? Like anybody want to take a stab? Anybody have a day? A gift? Um, a moment? Yeah, a memory? I, mean, I, I, know, I know one for me. I, I've always... <clears throat> I'll I'll start with past my like a past kind of day of like I I've always enjoyed going to like a Christmas tree lot and picking out like a tree with my family. You know what I mean? Like that's something where it's always fun. You know, and I look back as a kid and I'm like, it's cold out. You know, I mean, it's colder than normal in Southern California where it's like, well, you can actually see your breath, kind of thing. It's, it's like fun. Fifty degrees, and you know, but. And it was interesting last year when I lived in New York, I, I, it was a different experience. I had to go cut down my own tree. So it was like, that's right. I remember you <laughs> telling me about that. And so it was like, whoa, like I have to go out and like, I go to like a farm and like, I had to like find the, we had to find the tree that grew naturally, take the saw and, and chop it down yourself and drag that shit to the car, tie it up, <laughs> drag it over. It's like snowing. Like it's 20 degrees. I'm like, where's the lot dude i can't just like have some pay some dude 20 bucks throw it on my car for me you know like i had to do it myself but it's things like that where it's like that it's fun you know whether it be a lot or cutting down your own tree it's like i for me that's always been something that i look forward to um is christmas tree hunting so we got one day there. How about that? We got a day of Christmas tree hunting and let's get literally get in touch with your fucking roots, man. Like you don't appreciate <laughs> what it means to have an actual tree in your house that, that I don't know what the average is, but I'd say most people get a tree probably two weeks, what three. I mean, most people are probably getting it even a month. I mean, before. they're already setting up. They're setting up now for tree. Lots. I mean, I guess it depends, but if you took a real average, people are at least 
caring for a living tree in their house for a month, right? Of time, because you want it to last through the holidays and you don't want it to die fucking the day after Christmas. eh? You know what I mean? That doesn't make sense. So you want to maintain it at least through the end of the year. You're right. Get in touch with your fucking roots. Go hunt that shit down, appreciate it, care for it, decorate it, love it. Chase, what about you? Any days? Yeah. Day one, uh, drive up to the mountains, camp that night. Day two, snowboard the entire day. Day three, come down the mountain, go surfing. There you go. There you go. I feel like I feel like you just described your bachelor party. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, if I'm going to have three days of Christmas and I'm in California, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm camping, I'm snowboarding, and I'm surfing. Um, but to to uh, kind of piggyback on Trevor saying, what are what's the significance of the twelve days of Christmas? Uh, my understanding of it always was it's the 12 days from when Jesus is born to when the wise men get there. It's, so you get one gift for oh, each snaps. day of the 12 days yeah. of Christmas. Okay. okay. I don't know if that's biblically accurate, but that no, it's biblical. That's we're saying it is right now. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> okay. Because I'm over here like. Why, why does it have 12 days and not start on the first? Well, who made this song? Right, the way yeah. It's so random. Well, because the 13th like, oh, day okay. is bad luck, yeah, right? 13, number 13 is bad luck. Yeah, that's why hotels don't have a 13th floor. Yeah, they're like, we'll just do 12. Yeah. Well, sure. I, well, that's an interesting uh, point you raise and something maybe yeah, I don't think I've really thought about it that way. Uh, that's probably very accurate. You're right. We're labeling it. That's fucking fact right now. Okay. So um, again, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I grew up in a Catholic home and that was just like what we did. I, I, I don't know if there's any scriptural evidence to support that, but like in my family, anyway, it was, you open all your presents on Christmas morning. And then for each day after that, you got like a little gift. So it was, kind of, we kind of stole a little bit of Hanukkah. So it was just like, all right, you get a little thing for 12 days from here until... So- so how about a bit of an embracing of that? Yeah. I mean, like, uh, let's, let's, let's lean into the indulgent side of it because we are Americans, but no, uh, we want to, again, we want to recapture the spirit and, uh, uh, figuratively, literally light the deck, the halls and, and trim the trimmings. Uh, Leroy, do you have anything that comes to mind? I do now because when you first asked, I was like, "Man, what what would a twelve days of Christmas be like for me?" So I'm going to pull from from the two previous answers because they're they're really good. Um, I guess I would say on the first day, you know, yeah, let's decorate the tree. Let's let's get it. I'm a fake tree guy, so we get it out of storage. We no right, shame. set that bad boy up. No shame in that. I, yeah. Put all the decoration, whatever the theme is. Uh, we actually have two. Uh, I bought an all white one last year. And um, that one's uh, in our little upstairs area and the other one's in the living room. And given the space that we're in, Janique actually wants a, a third one. She wants a nine foot. And I went to go look at a nine foot and it's two of me. And I don't know if I want a nine foot. <laughs> <laughs> but g- given, given that, you know, this, is, this is our family um, and we get to establish new things. We get to establish new traditions, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm leaning more towards having a third tree because I I never had a third tree growing up. I never had a second tree growing up. Yeah. So if I can provide that for my kids and they can see we have you know the Christmas spirit in the house, then yeah, let's let's make that first day about you know decorating and and just getting in the into playing Christmas music, having eggnog. By the way, eggnog is yo my favorite. It's I love so eggnog. Good. No drink, and I it's just so good. 
Please. Leroy, do you do you just drink the eggnog or do you add booze to it? Because some people oh, just on, have the eggnog. You know I don't drink. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. So you're one of those will, folks that just has the eggnog. Then. Hey, man, I'll, I'll drink this whenever. I'll do, I will do this. I'll get, uh, I'll get the July eggnog, eggnog. And add some ice cream. <laughs> All right, ice cream to it sounds oh. good. That's that's good. Ooh. That's a game changer. I never seen that before. Maybe Jack eight. in the Box used to have an eggnog shake. Oh, they did. Oh. Yes. And it, it's, it hasn't been out in like four years, and I've You're always right. been mad at them for that. They did. What a, what, what a pie guy centric thing. I'm glad you kind of rounded it to that. That's a great suggestion. I'm going to have to try that. I'm going to have to try with the I've, ice cream with the yeah. eggnog. I've, I, don't, I don't think I've ever thought to try that combination. Yeah. That's dope. And I like where you're going, Laroyal, because do you really want to make a treat? Yes, I know you do. I know you do. I'll be your fourth tree, dude. No, but look, I that was a little inside <laughs> nod to Laroyal. But here's the deal. Oh. I like I, I like I like that suggestion too. I like that suggestion too of uh, of um, of embracing the spirit, even the maybe sort of kitschiness of it. Like I enjoy all that shit. I I, I feel the same way. I like the eggnog. I like the sweaters. I like the fucking. I like some of the carols. I don't like all of them. Okay, Carol. There, although yeah. there was a Carol growing up that I always thought was very attractive, but uh, that's neither <laughs> here nor there. Uh, but how about this for a day? Because something else I like of the season. And I don't always get to do this, but I have been to parties like this. Shane, you were at one with me. I like gift exchanges. Mm, mm. and um, Like white often, elephant? Whether it's white elephant ones or even secret Santa type things, oh, which, okay, I, which, sure. which has been in my life a lot, mostly through jobs, uh, but not necessarily always with family. So it's been interesting to, to kind of have like what your Christmas can be like, what your season can be like kind of like you're saying the royal with your family like your family develops its own tradition but then you might be able to have a tradition with a workplace or with just friends that is something else i mean i've done friendsgivings before i've spent christmases with other people that uh or yeah i've spent a lot of christmas with people that weren't blood to me but you end up finding a way to bond over the season and it, it does have a way of bringing together everybody you know real kumbaya fucking let's hold hands whoville type of way that's the real message that i love about it so yeah all of those things are good yeah and 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 gift exchanges are great so i i would like to have a day where we have a an all-day gift exchange how about that maybe this is a this is a day in the future um and uh at night we can cap it off with a more traditional exchange of gifts but i'd like to imagine a future where we can all be in where shit man I, I i'm not gonna lie i would love to be able to make it big enough so that i could say one day to my mom and dad hey uh this car is yours or uh we're gonna gift exchange your house you're not living in this house anymore i'm gonna gift exchange you this new house that i bought you you know what i mean like i would love to see a future where that type of stuff is happening maybe even not necessarily on a literal sense of here's a physical gift and i get a physical gift but but the the act of yeah, doing something for somebody like that. I, I, I think that's that's integral to the season and I love that shit. Can, can, I would say for, for my day two to pull from Chase. Yeah. I know I know wait, you're not Jewish, right? That was just a thing that you guys just stole from with Hanukkah stuff. You said, you know, yeah. by, by the the Hanukkah thing I was saying it we kinda stole from the idea of like you get one gift a day. We didn't actively like consciously go like, Oh well Hanukkah does this, so we're doing that. I'm just <laughs> yeah, saying that like yeah, yeah. it sounds like that. But, but, no. but, but also, like, uh, for me, like, that would be a, a cool thing to kind of 
in corporate for a day two, you know, like mm-hmm. cultural appreciation. I don't know anything about Kwanzaa. <laughs> um, I see it, you know, I've seen it in all of the shows that I grew up watching, uh, whether it's Everybody Hates Chris or maybe it's, uh, I don't know if they did it in Coming to America, but just just the thought, of, <laughs> they didn't, just the thought of <laughs> me understanding what Kwanzaa is for as being an African-American male. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying let's all of a sudden switch it and just do Kwanzaa. But just kind of take the time out of the out of this day, this second day, to just understand that side of that culture. You know what I mean? Just to right. in, culturally enrich myself, because I think ultimately, when when people enrich themselves in, in whatever culture, and I'm not saying converting, but just getting an understanding, then it benefits themselves, because now they have just that understanding of well, that's what they do, and right. I have a respect for it because I I looked into it, you know. Right. No, that makes sense. I mean, it is good for everyone. I mean, and that's the thing nowadays, like, you know, the PC is, you know, happy holidays. It's not Merry Christmas because you you don't necessarily know what everybody (laughs) celebrates theoretically, you know, um, which is interesting because a lot of other countries aren't like that. They don't say happy holidays. A lot of other countries, some, they, most of them still say Merry Christmas. Like it's just Christmas. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying Merry Christmas to somebody if you know that they celebrate Christmas. Of course not. No, 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 no. I think it's just like the overall general aspect. Like, you know, if you work at a department store and you're Mm -hmm. coming across somebody, a a customer, you don't, you don't know what they celebrate. And it's like, Merry Christmas. And like, well, I'm Jewish. I celebrate Hanukkah. It's like, okay, well, oh, that, that for sure. You know, it's like, yeah. Oh, of course. (laughs) Right, right, right. Well, it's like, and, but that, I feel like that is, kind of you, too, my opinion is where people kind of get a little bit of, offended by certain things like you don't need to get super offended but right of all things right but i i think you guys are both touching on something that i like and you used a phrase that maybe why can't we popularize that because cultural appropriation is a well-known sort of term that people use but why not let's shift the perspective and make it cultural appreciation because um learning about uh, another culture and, and hopefully doing it, yeah, in a respectful way uh, should be, I think, encouraged. Just the general idea of Did you guys have, good. did you guys have in, in elementary school, did you have a culture fair? It was like a science fair where everybody got assigned or got to pick a certain country or a culture and they got to do a little like, you know, you had those like poster board things for the science yeah. fair, three sections. Hmm. My, my school great. did it anyway where like, you either got to pick a country or a, an area and you would get to like, you'd talk about what kind of food is uh, traditional for that area or what sort certain holidays they celebrate that are unique, stuff like that. I remember that being like a whole like three week period in fourth or fifth <clears throat> grade. And I really, really enjoyed it. Not only like putting together my own little presentation, but also like walking around and getting, you get free food that you'd never even seen or heard of before. And you got to learn about like Laurel was saying, like holidays that maybe you didn't know what the meaning of them were, or, you know, I, I just thought it was really neat. And that's something that I think should be more common or you get, you would do at a higher level of education. So you could really dive into it because there's yeah. one level of research that happens in fourth or fifth grade, but then, you know, you get to high school and you can do a deeper dive. <laughs> right. I vaguely remember something like that, to be honest mm-hmm. with you in my, in my elementary school days, I don't remember specific, I don't remember what I picked, but it mm-hmm. sounds very familiar. Yeah, I'm sure we did do that's, something like along those lines. That's interesting. I've uh, I grew up, and I've talked 
talked about it a little bit uh, on some of these recordings in a, in a village, really like a, a, a almost forgotten village somewhere. So we didn't have diversity of thought necessarily quite like that. I mean, we, we no, not, I mean, we did on some level, but uh, we would do your traditional like science fair things like you're saying, but I can't recall at any time in any of the classes I took where we did sort of like a cultural one, but yeah, that's more to, again, to that point, hitting the nail on the head there of, of it is, it's all, it's fun to learn about it. It's fun to, to rejoice in it. And um, like Shane, we, you know, we went to a, um, a gift exchange party one time with, uh, again, a mutual friend of ours, friend of the show, Natasha Jimenez. And um, those are fun where you, where you have kind of a limit on gifts and, and, and they're kind of gaggy, you know what I mean? Like, it's like somebody got uh, literally somebody got like a dildo or something, but um, you know, it's, it's like, they're like uh, fun little gifts. Shouldn't you buy it? Spencer's gifts. I, 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 uh, I just enjoy that shit. And uh, so why not maybe let's do a cultural gift exchange even, you know, yeah, uh, learning about Kwanzaa would be good. Um, but shit, let is is it just gifts about the season? Um, is there anything else we can we can think of with the twelve days? It's well, I a think- big thing for me, and I'm sure the same for you guys. Christmas movies play a big yeah. part in the season. Yeah. I was I was just gonna say. Yeah, and for for me, I know that a lot of people have like you know Christmas the. Uh, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation yeah. is like how they kick it off or, you know, the old claymation originals and stuff. For mm-hmm. me, yeah, what, what has top be- three? What's everybody's top three? Oh, dude. Three? Okay, so. Top three? I'm so glad I, you I, said that because I literally wrote that down <laughs> about Christmas movies. And, and okay. I, wanted, I wanted to give it a, a preface of, yes, we can only pick three because and these are the three Christmas movies that you have to watch for, for forever. And every I got, I got three that I'm sure that at least two of these are going to be on everybody's I'm, list. I'm, I'm just glad you're on the same level, even through the screen, Shano. So that's just, that's the <laughs> power just, of the podcast. I just want to point yeah. out it's because you guys are wearing similar shirts. That's there you go. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. There you go. It's the, well, that's why they call us the Wonder Twins. Oh yeah. my gosh, that's hilarious. Anywho, anywho, anywho. I love, well, you were already going there too, Chase. You were already yeah. naturally going there. I just love it. I just wanted to touch on that. So yes. I, I wasn't going to do, I wasn't going to do the three. I was just going to say, for the way I have in the past couple of years kicked off, all right, now it's Christmas, is the day that we start decorating the tree, as soon as the tree is all done and I have all the decorations on it, I have to sit down and watch Batman Returns. That's how I. Mm. It's not Christmas until the penguin bites that dude's <laughs> nose off. <laughs> then it's Christmas. So that that for me is my. Uh, I, I'll say number one Christmas movie, but the the other two on the list are Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh wow! Yes. Got to get, okay. get the Turbo Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then of, of course I got to throw Die Hard, the original, on there. Okay. So you Pulse. like you like the unconventional Christmas? Yeah. I guess. I mean, I, there, I have a soft spot like, in my like, heart for all the old original, like Claymation right. and Frost of the Snowman. Yeah, I love those too. But yeah, yeah, those are those are the three go-tos for me every year. Let's okay. make a mayor. Oh, we, gotta <laughs> love it. we gotta fucking start your Christmas right. Yeah. It's hard to go wrong with that because even if even if you threw that on, in, and we all know that movie so well into our bones, mm-hmm. into our mm-hmm. boners, that that. Um, we don't necessarily have to watch it, but I will admit, I haven't really, I haven't honestly watched Batman Returns beginning through end in a long time. And I should rectify that. But 
to my point, if you just threw that on in the background, that movie is super enjoyable. You don't actually have to mm -hmm. hear any of it or see uh, or, or, or any of the music or dialogue, though mm -hmm. that is great too. But just the visuals of it are so fun, especially mm -hmm. when Michelle Pfeiffer's walking around. And I'm like, oh, oh man, that was a big and, moment in my childhood. Everybody's awakening. Things, like, things right. changed for me on the inside when I, I saw that movie <laughs> for the first time. I didn't know. I didn't know people let people just paint them and then walk around. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's practically yeah. painting. But anyway, uh, that's a great list. That's a heart of a trio. That's a tough one to beat. I, I uh, anybody else want to jump in right now? Shane, what do you got? The Royal. Um, I would say mine okay. is. I, I mine are more conventional Christmas movies. All right, let's hear wrong with that. They're, they're bring, the us, bring us back to the ones. season. Yeah. I one of my personal favorites is. Um, a Christmas Story. Great movie. Little Street Trial Kid. Is every oh, Christmas that, and that kind of goes to you know like for me like tradition like it's on for twenty four hours. Yep. You know? So it's yep. like I gotta watch it at least two times. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like it's just it, there's moments in that that just crack me up. You know. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's I it's yeah. A Christmas Story is one of my personal favorites. Um, the Santa Claus, the first one. Another great one. Tim Allen. Always good. It's great. The first one. I, I enjoyed the second one. The third one, not a big fan of, but of not. <laughs> the, 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 the first one is always great. And then, of course, the one and only Home Alone. Oh, oh yeah. It's, dude, oh, Home Alone. Shit. No Pesci. Like that, it's Home fucking alone, bitch. Comical, dude. It's so great. I love watching the traps. It's just, And there's something about the music to every single one of those. You know, it's like I love the music to to the movies too. Like, Shane, you got to check out on Netflix. There's a, a series called "The Movies That Made Us." And yes, I saw that. Oh, dude, the episode about the Home Alone is so good. Dude, the gymnasium. It's, I had no idea they shot ah. that whole movie in a school. I had it's, no idea. It's crazy. Yeah, Wait, okay. crazy, dude. Yeah, they shot that whole movie in an abandoned high school. They yeah. they built that house in like the swimming Inside. pool. Yeah, Isn't that crazy. Dude, it's check so it out. Crazy. The yeah. movies that made us on Movie Netflix. Fucking magic. I yeah. Don't I don't know. That doesn't ruin it. That that makes it more exciting. It's, it's yeah. interesting. Like, Whoa. You watch it again. You're like, they, they, it, all of the interior of that house was shot in a in a, an abandoned school. Dude, shout out mm. to MacGyver, dude. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Fuck. Super crazy. Okay. Okay. The so Royal. what was that? Home Alone. What was that? Okay, those were great. That's another big time three right there, Leroy. Mm -hmm. What do you got? It's not going to be a surprise. Maybe the last one, but we got. Of course, we have How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Ooh, that's okay. a great one. Of course. Of course. We have All three of you have been in Grinch. Yeah. <laughs> I've not. Uh, and then we <laughs> hold have, on, hold on. Don't, um, don't jump the gun here. Yes, let okay. him go. Yeah, right. Royal. And then, we, and then we have Elf. Oh, I knew somebody was going to say it. I yeah, knew somebody was going to say it. Of course, we have Elf. And somebody. then, uh, but the last one is probably one that I don't necessarily watch all the time, to be honest, but it was certainly one as a kid. That those VHS that we used to talk about, I absolutely would pop it in. Scrooged, mm. dude, that one's so good. That's if fun. I if I got four, that was gonna be the fourth one. I love that. Kimber loves that movie. Such a good movie. Mm -hmm. it, 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 but it always freaks me out when he opens the jacket. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Why is this here? Yeah, sure. Scrooged. Yeah. Mm. Oh, dude. Okay, these are some really good lists. Good well, one. well, I got to chime in here, and you kind of touched. You well, you touched on one of them earlier, Chase, and it is a classic around this season. And I guess I kind of default to some of the classics, but I, I, I every single 
list you guys have made, I go, oh yeah, that could be my three as well. But we got to talk about Christmas Vacation oh. because mm-hmm. because of all of the vacation movies, it's the fucking best one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And the vacation movies are good. I enjoy those movies, but mm-hmm. Christmas Vacation just has the perfect temperature on almost every scene. It's mm-hmm. one of those movies where you like every scene has a moment. You're like, oh fuck this scene. Oh fuck this scene. Uh, from from do you see the line, Russ? All the way. <laughs> All the way through the through fucking Danny Kay tap dancing Happy Holidays. We're gonna have yeah. a fucking Merry Christmas, and we're gonna Bing Crosby's gonna tap dance with Danny fucking Kay. You know what I mean? Like that movie's so good. That rant, by the way, I uh, I used that rant at an audition, um, and it's one of my favorite monologues, uh, comedically to do. Is is his fucking. Um, his uh rant there. christmas bonus rant yes at christmas vacation <laughs> bonus rant um and this is where i start to get torn because i do like the classics and christmas story is on every fucking year and and mm-hmm. i think i would be remiss if i didn't include it in my list christmas story is sort of arguably the christmas story it's, yeah and it and I, what i love about it too what i've always enjoyed about it is it even as a kid, I knew that that was earlier than me. It was a time that predated mine, but I never let that get in the way. You know what I mean? Like there's a, sometimes this reticence to get into something that's really old and dated. And that movie certainly is dated, especially now, but I would argue still fucking holds up because it, it, it hits at the spirit of the season. You know what I mean? You don't have to necessarily relate with, with that time but who can't relate with fucking daddy's gonna kill ralphie yeah (laughs) (laughs) right then we all know that moment you know or like when he cusses for the first time oh fudge (laughs) (laughs) it still holds up and then the the fucking santa claus he's like ho ho kind of terrifying dude it kind of makes it kind of makes you roll the dice every time you want to go say hi to the mall santa um <laughs> and uh as a third one to go really classic too it's tough not to say the grinch because there obviously is a grinch connection here and i do want to touch on that a little bit later but uh even more of a classic christmas carol and that's one that as a kid uh growing up which uh, version the muppets well, one yeah buddy yeah <laughs> muppets all the way <laughs> yep there, there are a lot of versions you're right uh and that one's a, a classic but for me because i remember this as a kid it's one of those like forever christmas memories the, when i say the black and white one i guess that doesn't narrow it down either mm. but there is and I, I don't know its name i'd have to we'll have to look it up and maybe get to it by the end of the recording uh i'll try to look it up but yeah that there's an old school christmas carol one in it that movie i remember both kind of frightened me and mm-hmm. but like captain it's a ghost Nancy, story I mean, yeah people forget because you, you grow up watching it and then a lot of times when people will show their kids whatever version they show them and some of them will lean a little bit more into the ghost angle than others like muppet christmas carol is not going to be too scary but you show them the one with like patrick stewart that came out in the mid 90s That'll scare the shit out of a little kid. There, it's a scary story when you really boil it down. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, is saying be good on Christmas or this, yeah, this right. will happen. Right, yeah. <laughs> right, you're going in a grave. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, it's I'm looking it up. It's the 1951 version. I don't know if they're calling it Scrooge, but it just it's called a Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. That's the one I recognize the actors of the most. But it does also kind of dovetail into one of the ones you're talking about, the Royal, because Scrooge is a is a more modernized offshoot reboot uh, so version good. of that movie. And so hail mm-hmm. to those Christmas movies. I really fucking love. Mm-hmm. All of those lists, you guys. Before Um, we move away from Christmas movies, I have to mention, and I don't want this to start a whole other conversation because it will be maybe multiple episodes coming up soon. But for me, the original Star Wars trilogy is Ah. a Christmas tradition. Ah, okay. Because as much as as much as uh, like Christmas Story is on for twenty four hours on Christmas Day, when I was growing up, I did have the VHSs, but they, they were also on. Yeah, it was a marathon around Christmas. Yep. They would play the original Star Wars yep. trilogy. They, they do, they do. You're, so I remember right. that being kind of like a, an escape for me, where it was like, oh, I'm not going to spend any time with the family. I'm going to be in my room watching the Star Wars trilogy for Christmas. So well, that's part of why I am personally holding out and waiting to watch Mandalorian season two until it's all out, because that's going to be my Christmas. I'm going to watch I, yeah. all of that for Christmas. Well, it's actually really poignant because around this time that this episode drops, you will be indulging in the Mandalorian. Yeah. And I, yep. I don't mind. I don't mind shifting gears a little bit. I like what you said. So two things, real quick. Uh, as far as currently for me, not necessarily when this episode drops, but currently, mm-hmm. I am all the way through season two of Rebels. I'm impressed. So, so I'm almost ready to go for season two of Mandalorian. I am going to be ready by the time it's ready. By the time this episode's ready out of the oven. And uh, I'm going to be fucking salivating over the Mandalorian and ready, hopefully. But also, how about that as a transition to like traditions? We were kind of mm-hmm. talking about these things all through the entirety of this recording. But mm-hmm. what are some of your personal family, family, family traditions that you enjoy or recall? Um, and can we maybe forecast some traditions of our own that, as a as the Pie Guys, that we want to uphold and bring us into the future again to to feel optimistic about where we're going? You know, I would say I would say for me, excuse me, I would say for me one one tradition that I can remember specifically. And that, you know, I would like to do with like my kids if I if I ever have kids is Christmas lights. Mm-hmm. Always driving around looking at different Christmas lights or certain areas where you can get out and walk on the sidewalk and there's some, you know, neighborhoods that go super insane and it's this biggest extravagant, you know, interactive driveway where you can have cocoa and write a letter to Santa kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, like driving around looking at, at Christmas lights and then helping my dad with Christmas lights. Like we, we don't go super crazy with lights on our, on our property, but even to this day, we have like a frosty snowman that my dad made when I was like five years old out of wood and we still have it and we put it up and there's lights around it. It's like a hand carved, like frosty looking dude. You know what I mean? So like we have like specific like decorations that we put up every year and me and my brother will help my dad put up the lights and we'll kind of do that thing. Um, I would say that's for me is a big tradition is Christmas lights, you know, and I actually had a question to transition over to Royal because you were talking about earlier about like with your family and stuff, you know, you out of out of the four of us, you have you have kids now. Mm-hmm. So is there anything I'm curious I'm curious as to is there any traditions that you have 
as you know, when you were a kid with your family and everything that you've passed over to your kids? And also, is there something, a tradition that you've created for your kids that you didn't have as a kid that, you know what I mean, that you kind of want for your kids to have? Unique to your family. Yeah. Well, well, it it, it certainly is interesting because now my kids are more of age of helping out around the house. They're talking, they can communicate more efficiently. Um, So when, when I was a kid, I I can't, I, I guess I did have a few traditions that we did do. Like we went to go see the lights um, we were in Texas, where there's this place called Lake Belton that had like all the decorations and music, and it was a drive-through. We, just, we would do that. Um, and then when we lived in North Carolina, it was more about you know the whole on Christmas Day, I get to run downstairs and plug in the little uh, Nutcracker soldiers we had, and they would ding bells and play all the Christmas music, uh, and that carried over to when we lived overseas and everything. But for our family, my family now, like it's starting to form those traditions. Okay. So, you know, this is the, I guess my, my daughter being three now, this is the third year that we've actually done family photos. Mm. So okay. we, we've been doing family photos uh, for a while now. It started off from hiring a friend of mine, Kenzo. Uh, Kenzo would come over and take our pictures. And now that I've, I've gotten more of the equipment, we, We'll, we took pictures uh, this morning. In fact, I'm still in my, my hey, pajamas. There you go. That's why, that's why this big white backdrop for, for any audience members. Uh, <laughs> the big white backdrop is back there. And, and I set it up and we just smashed out some pictures, man. So I think that's going to be our, our thing every year. Um, okay. Certainly, certainly getting the Christmas cards ready to send them out and everything. And now, not only that, when we put up the tree, it wasn't tree plus immediate decorations. It was tree a few that we would do. And then every day my kids would come home, we give them like one or two ornaments. And they give oh, that's them cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I cool. told them are, are things they recognize. I've got Ninja Turtles, Spider-Man, yep. um, pictures of the kids, a picture <clears throat> of me in who form that my daughter likes to look at. And like, yeah, so it's becoming the tradition. So that's- I don't I don't think tradition is something that for a new family, I don't think tradition is something that is necessarily brought over from your, from your first family, but more okay. so it's formed as you kind of figure out. Like a natural, what can I do? Yeah. like a natural formation of like, oh, this is just kind of what we've always done. And yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay. I, sure. I, I really love those two uh, examples and, and um, that's awesome that you guys shared those. And uh, to that, I really love those aspects of the season as well. Lights are, uh, are such a fun feature of it that is kind of unique to the time. It's not that, I mean, Halloween obviously has a time where you decorate things the most in comparison to like Christmas, but, but Christmas lights are a thing. And I do love that. And, and sometimes it's nice to have an understated, but like kind of classy looking display. You don't have to have a ton of lights, but obviously it's very impressive to see a fucking moving art piece of lights. And when they got like flashing lights to go with music that plays, I mean, it's wild what they could do. Uh, and to the decorating thing, I can think of a time growing up. And if I, if I did have this, I don't have a family, but this would be a fun thing to instill is for as long as you can, that spirit of Santa and that part of the tradition, because I'll never forget this Christmas one year and we were young, me and my brother were young, obviously when we were still in the Santa years. But um, I remember this Christmas morning, we were so excited. We run down the hall 
and um, the first thing we wanted to check, I mean, gifts, of course, like to see that they were finally all there, but um, we wanted to check the cookies that we left out for Santa. We did the classic like cookies and milk. <laughs> and, and so of course the milk is drunk, the cookies are gone, but with the really, really cool detective added feature that I remember loving as a kid was that there were boot prints in the fireplace. Oh, that's cool. So like in the coal and stuff like it, it was like, well, somebody obviously came down here. It's not like, <laughs> it's not like anybody else could have eaten those cookies. Cause mom and dad were asleep too. So. All right, Batman. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> the augmented reality. Right. Stuff, he's like seeing how big and how tall this guy is. That's right. Yeah, 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 exactly. I was like, but judging by, yeah, the imprint, he must've weighed over 200 pounds, but, uh, Yes, all of that, it really captured and hearkened to the spirit. So I would like to think if there was ever a time uh, that I had kids of my own or can help build that spirit, it's part of why I've always enjoyed Grinchmas for not to go on that rant, but uh, because you are kind of helping to create that with with like a younger crowd. Um, and I do want to interject real quick because I'm getting a notification that DoorDash, shout out to the Royals suggestion, has just come <laughs> through. DoorDash is delivered, speaking of deliveries and secret packages. So I'm going to go double check on that. This is probably where an anchor spot is, is most viable. But when we return, I do want to kind of round out the conversation on traditions. Chase, I, I don't know that you had chimed in quite yet on that. And then I love the idea of gifts and just the fact that we're, we're in the spirit. We're in the mode of the spirit. So uh, don't go anywhere. The one will be right back. And breathe. Anchor ads? Fuck that. That happened earlier. Something even more viable is opening another gift before Christmas. The way things have been going, once Shane leaves a dangerous zone, the next zone, just by default, becomes the next most dangerous zone. You can never quite tell how things are going to go, and that's what makes the train so unique. Where do these tracks lead now? There's a room that they sort of have to go into that Shane is really scared about. Oh, now he pulls his gun out. Mr. Confident Gun Guy. Oh, so now we can see there's three guys, and they're all just standing there. So none of them appear to be clickers from our perspective. They're all three standers. What are they? Stand-ins? All right, get the stand-ins out. Bring in the actors. But you're the lawnmower, and these infected are the grass. And you're going to have to plow a path through for these females to follow you. You're the dad. You're the guy with the two-by-four strapped to his fucking backpack and a... Fucking 13 rounds in your 9mm that you're so nervous to use. So here we go. Shane's moving in. He's moving in. He's looking at them. They're all standing there. He's moving in. Crouched. He's advancing on one of them. He can grab them. He grabs one. He's strangling them. Alright, one down. Two to go. Just standing there. Just standing there. Waiting to be grabbed. Wanting to be grabbed. Grabbed. Getting strangled. Choking the fuck out of her. It's another female. Does any part of this feel good? She's dead. One more. Back to us. Just like the rest. Ready to get strangled. Hoping to get touched. Grabbed. Flipped over. Fucking curb stomp. Jesus. You, you fuck. That, that guy's head spurting blood. <laughs> Sometimes the, the, uh, the graphicness of this game reminds me of Nickelback. Nobody seems to be prematurely crouching, so maybe that's a good sign. You kind of wish for small talk again, right? Like, oh, here we go. We see something else that's shimmering in the night. So we're going to go towards the shimmery thing. It's another chain to a... This, uh, uh, shop door as he holds it and opens it and opens it. Uh oh. Oh fuck. Okay, double time. Go, go. Everything should just be double time. 
Oh, fuck. Oh, God. Get in there. Get in there. Get in there. Would you get in there? Go to lunch, dude. Oh. Huh? Oh. The humor of this game. Ha, ha, ha. So funny. Now, this is a... This, this is a... You did the right thing, though. This is a legitimate... Heavy sigh of relief moment here. You're going to learn real quickly. Oh, you can use your scavenged parts to upgrade your weapons. Workbenches, baby. Introduce the workbench. Shane's looking right now. He's got two guns he can fuck with. He's, he can upgrade the reload speed, the fire rate, and the clip capacity of both the 9mm and the revolver. He's got 96 parts with which to apply them. He has opted for clip capacity on the 9mm first for the revolver. Upgrades the fire rate. A decent upgrade. He upgraded his weapons uh, a bit. He used about half of his parts. I, I think that was a good call right there. He didn't use them all. Man, workbenches are the best. When you oh some steroids. When when you see the workbenches, it's 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 a lifesaver. And now oh he has 25 steroids, so you can upgrade your listen mode distance. You can get a higher crafting speed. And that's the cool thing about this is this is entirely up to you. You don't have to use those right now. Much like the parts, for as much as the game is always quote unquote the same. Because there's this ability to upgrade your weapons and upgrade your your supplements, there is this feel that it's also a very unique game because this is Shane's playthrough. He gets to decide what weapons get upgraded and when, and and does he go for maximum health first? Or does he does he upgrade the listen mode? What what things do you favor uh, in your own play style? Obviously, you, if you had boxing gloves, that would be great. <laughs> uh, Ellie scared Shane. Ellie made some noise. And then cursed about it. Startled Shane. He played it off like he wasn't startled. And Shane loves the crouch. He's very ner he's very tense right now. Now they've gone upstairs through the hole in the ceiling. His spider sense is tingling. Ellie doesn't seem nearly as nervous. He's looking around. Really getting the hang of scavenging though. Which is a good habit to get into. Of just going, I need to check the corners. I need to check what's over here. Is that something? No, that was just my mind playing tricks on me. Shane's mad that there's not a sword to just grab. He's it's been a while, ladies. He needs a sword in his hand. Oh, great. Great. So, in his effort to free up a space so they could all go through, uh, the ladies were able to get through, and then and then it collapsed. So now Shane has been separated from the two girls who really weren't helping him out much, but obviously he cares about them. So there's... No, bitch. That's video game logic, baby. You can't go the way you can. If you miss something, you missed it. Got to go a different way now. Now Shane is by himself, and there's a clicker. Good thing clickers are blind. That clicker would totally have seen him if it was a person. And there's two clickers now. But we see two clickers. Now we see three. So we know of at least three clickers. And we know how dangerous those are. You don't have any shivs. And Shane immediately died because he tried to punch a clicker. What did I tell you? You got to hold on to at least one shiv. You got to make sure you have one shiv. So here we go again. Oh, he remembers he has a brick and a molotov. Okay, Shane just said, I got to get him into one area somehow. His plan, ladies and gentlemen, is, to, I think, to burn them to the ground with the Molotov. You want to get at least two, he says. I, I don't blame you on that one. So if you can get two, great. If you can get all three, that you get a cookie. They have no idea where he is. Uh, but this is definitely a, a oh shit moment because for all the weapons that Shane has accrued, we're not confident, if I can be polite, in his gun's gun ability yet. He still has not really mastered the gunplay of The Last of Us. And this is obviously an encounter you can't just punch your way through. So, now Shane's 
really taking a risk. He's moving backwards through this big room. He just knocked into something. And now he threw the brick. Oh, and he knocked that over, big boy. From his perspective, we're in a hallway, and we can see into an open room that is much bigger. Um, I think Shane's thought process is maybe I can burn them down in that room. But there's a lot of, you got to understand, these aren't rooms that are just wide open. They're rooms with things in the way and shit. So where you throw something actually does matter. Oh, now he panics and throws a Molotov early. The clicker moves. Okay, now the clicker came around the corner. Clicker walked through the fire. Okay, so we probably are going to kill two of these guys. All right, the second clicker caught on fire. He's f flailing around. The first one's not... Oh, that third one is right behind you. Okay, two of them are down. But there's that lone one, and all we know is that it takes one. Where's this other... There he is. There's the clicker. All right, he's he's clueless right now. He's, he's a clueless clicker. He's just over there shambling. He's doing clicker things. But he's close enough to Shane now that, uh, you know, shit could pop off. And Shane has not even... Is really not ready for fight. He's still crouched. His back is pressed against the wall. And he... He's, I think his butthole is clenched. He picked up another brick because that's his favorite weapon. And the clicker is now kind of just making a, a round. He's just walking in a circle. Shane still doesn't know what he wants to do. He's waiting. He's now positioning himself. What are you doing? Oh, he's going to do the brick move again. I, I'm, I'm curious why you're doing this. What are, what's your hope right here? What are you trying to do? Are you trying to hit this guy with the brick, dude? Oh, my Lord. Oh, and he missed, and he missed again. And now he hit him, and he hit him again, and he hit it. Okay. Wow. Okay. I wish, sometimes I wish people could see what I see. It's not pretty. Here's the deal. It's not pretty, okay? But it's effective, okay? It's effective. These people, they are infected, but it's effective, okay? He killed all three of them. Look at these guys. They look like burnt roaches just right there in the doorway. Look at these crispy-ass motherfuckers. So... The, the threats are gone, but now we got to reunite with the two uh, ladies that seem to have been separated from us. Oh, going up the stairs, hearing more noise upstairs. Shane's very scared of what's up there. Uh, he said it sounds like a runner. Look at look at this guy think that, thinking that he, he he's hip to the sounds that these guys make. It sounds like somebody's getting fucked. Somebody's making a lot of noise through that doorway. Here he goes, opens the door, and there at the end of the hallway, banging on a door, is a runner. Now Shane has pulled his gun out. Interesting move here. Shane's flashlight is on him. He's crouched in the corner. Favorite position to be in. And now the, the Shane's waiting for this guy to see him, I think. Um, this guy is punching the fuck out of the door. He's getting very upset. He just Now he saw Shane, and he knocked over the vase. And he's now he's running at Shane. Took three shots to kill him. And a fourth one for... Why did you do that? Well, he fired a fourth one for no good reason. I'm telling you, his gun game is not as good as his punch game. And now shit's happening in there. And you have two two rounds left. Are you going to reload your ammo? Nope, you're going to kick the door open. Fuck reloads. Here we go. Oh, dude, that guy's face is gone. Oh, shit, Ellie's under attack. So now, here we go. Oh, shit. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. You really? That's the time you're going to shoot your gun? That's You're not going to go punch the guy then? Oh, three shots, all missed. Punches this guy. He's, now, here we go. This is Shane's favorite part. Just punch everyone. Just, I'm just going to punch everyone. Fuck guns. I'm, oh, my God. That guy got kneed to hell. Wow, Shane really loves to punch people. Now he's getting now, now he's getting punched. Now he's... He's, he's laughing and he's pausing the game because cause Shane's getting his ass... Handed to him. Shane's getting dominated right now. He is getting, he's getting gang jumped. Oh, he. <laughs> Shane, the, how, how the tables have turned. Do you like it? Do you like it? 
Do you like it when you? Do you like it when you get punched? Dude, those guys beat the fuck out of you, dude. Maybe your strategy, maybe your strategy needs a little bit of an adjustment. Ah, fuck guns. He didn't learn. Now he's getting jumped again. And now he runs back into the hole. Fuck it. I'll let her fight. Oh, there it, there's another missed shot. Somebody's getting murdered over there, Shane. You're just going to let them die while you figure out how to fire a gun? Oh, Jesus. Someone's dying. Shane, you got to go help them. Yes. Their, your friend is dying. Oh, my God. Shane is so scared of actually fighting these guys that he let Tess die just now. He backed into the hallway and let her die. Oh, there goes your brick. You overshot it. Okay, what are you doing? Oh, my God. Oh, oh, my. This is, oh, this is weird. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. Just, oh, God. This is really awkward. It's, he can't even load a gun. Missing again. Shot the guy that time. Punches this guy. Here we go. Punch, punch, punch. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I, I don't, uh, what, whoa, my God. Oh, my God, dude. Dude, have you played a game? Have you played Uncharted? You've played Uncharted, right? You, oh, Shane's getting crushed again. Ah, somehow he survived. S somehow. He pulled a gun out on a guy that was 10 feet away from him. He didn't fire. And the guy got about 5 feet away from him. Still didn't fire. And then the guy got on top of Shane. Then he fired and missed. And then just got punched a bunch. And then he just said, fuck guns. I'm going to go back to punching. That's the only thing I know that works. I'm going to just go punch guys. Even though the game gives me new guns. It lets me upgrade the guns. <laughs> It gives me more ammo. I think I'm just going to punch people. And here we are. We got, you know, he he endured and he survived. The biggest decision in Shane's Last of Us experience is, do I grab the bottle or do I grab the brick? We made it out of the museum. We're on the building. It's rough, ladies and gentlemen. It's 2033. It's a pandemic. And Boston looks like a shithole. Can you imagine if the shitter broke in shithole Boston? God, it'd be like a shit show over there. Woof. Look, maybe you're feeling a little punch drunk right now, and I don't blame you. Imagine how I felt. So it's probably better that you just get drunk on the eggnog and settle back in because there is so much more to go. And yes, I know I said one gift at one point, but look, <clears throat> tis the fucking season, and we're the fucking pie guys, and we do things the way we want to around here. Well, let me, let me slide in here real quick, baby snakes. Because I'm stuffed in my face, literally. <laughs> <clears throat> Damn, Pizza Man's hitting the spot real quick. I want to shout out the delivery just got here. <clears throat> Pizza Man, I ordered just a medium deluxe. Again, we want to just go classic on brand. Medium deluxe pizza. It's hitting the spot. But, of course, I added, can you have fries with that? You can have fries with that at Pizza Man. So mm -hmm. why? Because I'm high. All right? So there's fries. We got some wings, boneless to look forward to. Sometimes I don't oh. always, like, bone in. But, you know, you want to just be able to throw the whole thing in your mouth and eat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to have to think about, like, how you're going to eat it. And uh, it's hitting the spot right now. So uh, and for, the, for the one that's listening, Trevor is by himself right now. We're having pizza, fries, and wings. We're, we're not all in the same room here. This is Trevor's lunch. Yes. No, this is well, this is my lunch and dinner and maybe breakfast tomorrow. You know what you're, I mean? You're a black hole, man. <laughs> well, thank you. And uh, you were talking about getting entire units of – oh, and also, the, speaking of entire units, this is definitely a good pairing, I think, with anything you're eating because as is often on brand with the Pie Guys, we've got to give a shout-out to what's getting me high. 
Oh yeah. And, and that is part of it. That is part of it, Chase, why I ordered so much, but <laughs> uh, it's because how about this too, to bring it back to something we were originally talking about a while ago, someday, one of my 12 days of Christmas, I would like to actually live in the Kush mountains. Shout out to Dr. Green Thumbs Kush mountains. That's what I've been puffing on. This Indica, I, I've shouted it out before. So if you're really dedicated to the one and you are listening a lot, you're going to have heard me mention this before, but it's quickly becoming one of my favorite go-tos. Although uh, f- for, for fact and for the annals of the show, um, uh, the Clementine effect is still my favorite, but this right here is, is good. It's re- relaxing, it's soothing and it's sedating. So that, that, that tends to, ba- that tends to balance out my natural energies pretty well. And uh, it pairs well with this food. So fuck yeah, pie guys. And um, you were talking about the Royal not getting the entire unit of, of uh, Paw Patrol. Yeah, and um, well, as I'm looking at us here through this screen, I see four of us. So real quickly, before we dive back into Tis the Season talk, we could all be the Ninja Turtles. Do you realize this? Oh, yeah. We could all be the Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. And so amongst us, I think we should cast that right now. And many of us have gone on record as saying like which our favorite one is. And, and it's Michelangelo for me. So I'm going to throw my name out there as Michelangelo, as, as being the Mikey of the group. But if, if you have a, a claim to that as well, then let it be said now. Otherwise, I think we could honestly cast this all kind of right now. We have a Raph. I think we have a Leo. And I think we have a Donatello as well. Well, I know, Royal. I know that the Ninja Turtles have like a a real special meaning to you and your brothers. I remember you saying that. I thought that was really, really cool. Um, uh, I I mean, I don't know. I I have a favorite turtle, but Mm -hmm. I always grew up idolizing Shredder, man. I I love Shredder (laughs) way too much. He's my favorite. But if I have to pick it, I gotta write you back in. If I have to pick a turtle, my favorite turtle is Raph. Always has been. I like Mikey. When I was when I was a kid watching the animated series, I liked Mikey a lot. I thought I thought Michelangelo was really funny, but I just there was always something about Raph that I just dug. He didn't want to take anybody's shit. Leo was always trying to be the leader of the group. He was like, just because everybody else thinks you're the leader doesn't make you the leader. So. <laughs> I dug that. So, yeah, I'll, I guess I'll, I'll pick Raph. Real quick. Okay, see? Um, Chase, Chase, I remember you telling me a story one day where you, you wanted to be Shredder mm-hmm. to where you just stand on top of a sewer looking oh, down. So this is the thing, yeah. So when I was working at Disney in the character department, uh, one of the old timers told me that, you know, back in the late 80s, early 90s, we had the Ninja Turtles here at the park. They were characters that would really? make they would make park appearances. And I was like, was Shredder here? And like during special times, like he wasn't an everyday guy, but every once in a while we would have the whole unit, which all four turtles, Shredder and April would make appearances together. And I was like, yo, even though I'm a white guy and not a, clearly not a Japanese dude, I would want to be Shredder so bad. And if I, if I got <laughs> to do that, my game plan would be, I would go directly out to, if you've ever been to California Adventure, I want, I, that's where I would be hoping that we would do it because this it would only work there. Go out to the uh, Hollywood backlot portion of that park, find a manhole, and just stand over it and <laughs> screaming made up Japanese down into the manhole. Oh my God. For 30 straight minutes. Pe- if people wanted pictures and autographs, they'd shove them away. And then after the 30 minutes, after my host was like, yo, it's been 30 minutes, it's time to go, you just shake your fist up at the sky, scream turtles, and storm off set. Like, that's, 
Who, who wouldn't want to see that? That would be how's hilarious. About, I want to see that. And how's about this? Again, it, it fits nicely. I want a 12th day, one of the 12 days to where you are that. We, I want to make that happen. Someday <laughs> in the future, I want to be able to put you in a shredder outfit. And, we, and, and it's an all-day event where you're on top of a manhole and you're fucking yelling Japanese. Talk, talking about it. cultural appropriation. One day for Christmas, I would like to be Japanese. Yes. <laughs> yes. You want to you appreciate the culture? And you want yeah, to drop, drop bombs on the turtles like Pearl Harbor. Okay? So, <laughs> that was rough. It connects. <laughs> it all connects. Damn. Well, you can, well done. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So uh, to really bring it back, here's the deal, though, Chase. I know you love the Shredder. It's well documented. We all know it. And I love that you love the Shredder. But in this instance, we are still talking about the Ninja Toitles. Yeah. Okay? I, 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 I like Raph out of the so, four. So Chase is laying a stake to Raph. What about Shane and the Royals? Who's going to be Leo? Who's going to be Donnie? Or do you feel like you're miscast? I'm just going to go ahead and jump on it before Shane has the idea to do so. Uh, first and foremost, I want to say you mentioned Pearl Harbor. That actually took place December 7th, 1941. So still topical. We're in December. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank it's you. Been, uh, I would, I would, I'm going to say Leo. I'm going nice. to say Leo. Leo in the uh, either the uh, the 3D one that came out in 2007 of TMNT or the 2012 version of Leo voiced by Seth Green. Ah, yes. ah okay. Familiar. So that 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 yeah. those those Leos for me are more of the well-rounded and understanding of what it means to be a leader rather than I'm just going to issue out orders and you have to listen to me because Splinter put me in charge, but more so like he, he came to that understanding um, by himself. Now, as I'm older, the 2007 one where the animation was great and the fight scenes were great, the storyline wasn't, you know, all what I remember it to be. Um, however, the, the brother, you know, that they those bonds is what I always focus on when watching uh, a Ninja Turtles movie. Yes. I've always loved that feature. Yes, the fact that they they are brothers and 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 fight amongst themselves as they might, and they classically do, especially Leo and Raph. Uh, the end of the day, they you know it's sort of kumbaya. But they, I love that fact that they 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 are brothers, so they have to be there for each other. They have to have each other's backs. Blood runs and how they each have their own. Especially, I mean, I've been reading the the newer IDW comics, and they really stress how you can kind of see this in the original live action movie too. Each brother has a unique relationship with each one of the other yes, brothers. Like yes. you, can, you can tell, obviously, like Leo and Raph bump up against each other a lot because they're kind of always vying for who's in charge here. But they also really care about each other quite a bit. Yes. And when that happens, you can see that Mikey and Donnie have their own kind of thing. Like, oh, yes. they're at it again. Let's go over here and eat pork grinds. Like, like that. That to me kind of comes out as well. Yeah, they're all brothers, but they're not one dimensional, and they all, they don't all think of each other as the exact same way the others do. I think that's really cool. And, and, and to that exact point, I know you're a big Leo fan, Shano, but, <laughs> but if you really, if you focus in on that aspect, like Chase just said of the Donnie and Mikey relationship, that when the other two are going at it, they're like, bro, let's go eat some fucking food. I, I, you and I personally, Shane have bonded over food many, many times when we've gotten right. together or just been like, we're in the mood for like, I want to eat something. You want to eat something? What do we want to eat? That sort of is 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 at the crux of of our friendship. On some yeah, level. it is. So, it, it, so it, it I feel does. like you could be Donnie. 
I could be Donnie. And, and you know, shout out to Donnie because he's underappreciated. And I fucking love Donatello too, for the record. He's great. He, no he love can, for Donnie. He, I, I'm down to sport a quarter staff or a bow staff and, you know, be the smartest of the, all the turtles. I have no problem with that. Um, yeah, no, Donnie's great. I, I do like Leo though too, LaRoyal. But I, but I think it's interesting. The, I really like Leo from the, remember the arcade game? Yep. Yep. Oh, remember the yeah. old school well, arcade game? Of course I game do, motherfucker. Do you, of course in the, I do. In the dining Pizza Huts. Oh yeah. All the time. You know what yes. I mean? Like I would always pick Leo because he, he had his double swords. And I think as a kid, I was just like, dude, who can go up against two, a guy with two swords? But mm. just strategically thinking, just kind of also to lean in to what we were talking about. Donnie had the most range in that game. Yeah, he, he could hit you from across yeah. the screen with He's that good. most. He was, right. he was like, because sometimes you would come across enemies in, in a lot of those turtles games, some of the old Game Boy games, where right. there was an enemy on a platform up here, and if you were any other character, you had to do a jump and hit. But if you were Donnie, you just had to angle it up because he could still diagonally hit him with the bow staff. He's got the range, <clears throat> and he's got probably the most flexibility because he has right. he doesn't have the natural physical capabilities that the other turtles can do. He can and, fight, obviously, but he's yeah. got the brain power that they don't necessarily have right he's more isn't he like he has like he would always kind of like have like the gadgets and stuff sure yeah right? he was like, he, he's pretty funny too and as i mean mikey yeah. gets the credit for being the funny one but i mean in the comics anyway <laughs> donnie's made me laugh a number of times they did a uh a crossover in the comics with the ghostbusters mm-hmm. and oh. uh so everybody was you know looking at all the tech that they had and everything and donnie was not really all, all that impressed with it and they're like, Donnie, you're, you're usually into this kind of stuff. And he's like, yeah, proton packs. I figured that a while ago. We just don't fight ghosts. So I don't <laughs> <Right>. need that. <laughs> well, well fucking said. And, and all, all I'm trying to say, brah, is that maybe we could all voice them someday, dude. Yeah, yeah pizza time. <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, that's what, uh, the thing I always have appreciated about Mikey is that he, he reminds them that not only do you have to eat sometimes because you'll die, but it's like, bros, no matter how bad shit gets, we can always make time for pizza time. May that may, may, maybe carry that with us into the new year. And how about that? That's another fucking 12 days. One of my 12 days of Christmas is pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening, pizza at supper time. When there's pizza on your pussy, I'm going to eat that every time. That's how it should go. That's how it should go. That's one of my 12 days. You don't you have know, to I was, it. I was That's one it. of my I was 12 days. Until he said that. I was like jamming out. I wanted to sing with them. And then he, he said that part of the verse. And I had to freeze <laughs> slowly back away from the mic because it felt like my mic was turning into that. I yeah. Yeah. Well, see, that, that, that's yeah. part of the, that, that's the natural Leo in you. You're like, ah, Mikey, it went too far. <laughs> so I, I think I think that's good. We, we cast ourselves as the Ninja Turtles. I do want to shift back into the season. We were kind of mm. touching on traditions. Yep. And, yeah, we were, and, then, and then I think we can transition over into some gifts talk. We were kind of talking there. And uh, I have something else for this season that I want to talk about, but it's going to come a little bit later because I feel like it's also keeping with the brand of the Pie Guys. So, uh, Chase, you, what about traditions for you and your family, et cetera? My, uh, like, direct family doesn't really have uh, any traditions. Like, my, my mom, my dad, my brother, we don't really have any traditions that, like, popped up with us. But there's a tradition from my mom's side of the family that my mom and I have always done, uh, which she got from her grandfather. Which, again, so I said it earlier that I grew up in a Catholic house. And uh, so that meant going to midnight mass on Christmas Eve. But everybody was always really hungry because you're not supposed to eat an hour before or after mass. 
So on Christmas Eve, my family, that's, that's super, super like old school traditional that you're not supposed to eat before or after. And isn't mass like three hours long? So like now depending you're- on yeah I mean depends yeah sometimes with just because of the amount of people and and all that so yeah right. my, the the tradition would be that um, my mom's family my grandfather grandmother and her siblings when they got back home would wait up until it was time for them to eat again because by then it's almost morning so they would have egg sandwiches because it's you know it's like breakfast so that's a tradition that I've kind of held on to even after moving out of my parents' house. Uh, I make egg sandwiches on Christmas Eve for Kimber and I. So that that's a thing. But then for just for myself, my own little Christmas tradition, I have to listen to the entire album of Nat King Cole. His ah. Christmas, like that is such a like classical traditional Christmas thing for me. Nobody else really joins in on that, but I will have to like fall asleep listening to it or put it on during Christmas Eve. Thank you that's so a, much. That's a traditional thing. I'm really glad you said that honestly, because I did want to follow up with a, a real quick tradition thing that I've always loved too. But that is one that I don't think we've touched on that I kind of forgot about is, is the music of the season. Yeah. And, yeah. and there is something about, I mean, you want to talk about remakes and what version of Christmas Carol, there's a thousand versions of every Christmas song made. Yeah. Something about the Nat King Cole stuff and, and that sort of that time, that, the the crooner age and the yeah Bing Crosby. Crosby Nat King Cole's my number one but Bing Crosby's up there too like, um, but mom- I remember have, working at Disney you hear all of the Christmas music and yeah. I, I'll just say from here until eternity uh, Mariah Carey can go fuck herself because that shit <laughs> is like listening Woo! to nails on a chalkboard I hate that shit they played on the radio for a whole month like good that's, lord that's funny I actually watched White Christmas last night. Oh yeah, that's a great uh, one. With Danny Kay and, mm-hmm. and Bing Crosby and stuff. Yeah. Um so that that music is great because I, I know my, my mom always used to play that stuff too. So it was always kind of playing throughout the days leading up to and especially on Christmas Day. It was the only thing in the background while the whole day was happening. I love that. And one other real quick thing about traditions, I've always loved, you know, gifts are great. Of course, growing up you love the gifts. But one particular gift that I think was always most fond of me was the stocking because yeah. it, it was different you know and yeah. I, that was it was it was one of the first things i would always check as a kid it was like if the stocking was full that verified that it was christmas that i wasn't just <laughs> dreaming like this mm-hmm. is the day and because the, most of the time the stocking's just sitting there flat and empty it's just a decoration but then you wake up christmas day and it's jam full of stuff and i used to always kind of get a lot of like fun stuff to eat like like mm-hmm. junk food in there too so it was kind of like this agreed upon time it was like oh i'm encouraging you to eat like kind of unhealthy right because there's chocolates in there and there's <laughs> other there's other yummy christmas treats in there so i just love the the tradition of stockings and and um, and also stocking people like mariah carey <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> um but that also dovetails nicely into something else so um i think for this last segment of this episode um even while we're talking about gifts too, I want to throw this out there because um, I talked a big game about an hour ago when we were first starting about how I want to recapture and rekindle the spirit of the season. And I, I, as a person, I do love that, but as a person, I'm also multifaceted. Okay. Faceted. I'm multifaceted, multifastened, and I have layers. Okay. And I think there are layers and there are depths and there are obviously four of us here to the pie guys. So there is a dark side to Christmas and I want to start touching on things that maybe you fucking hate about the season, because let's be real. This time of year does bring with it a lot of things, a lot of these traditions, a lot of these things we look forward to, but 
it also does mean maybe in the old world that, well, when you went out and you were doing Christmas shopping, you had to put up with crowds. You had to put up with lines. You had to put up with traffic. Or maybe you don't like Christmas carols. You don't like carolers coming to your door. Or maybe you don't even fucking like eggnog. I mean, none of us here can say that. But, like, there are things about it that maybe you hate. Maybe you don't like all the music. Maybe you don't like the fact that as soon as it's November 1st, Christmas music is fucking playing everywhere. You know what I mean? So – Let's get a little bit dark because I think that's also on brand with the pie guys. We like to talk about things we love, but I, I like from time to time to, to, to dwell on the things that we hate. So let's, let's, <laughs> let, let's venture about waist deep into some dark waters right now. If you don't mind. Sure. I, I mean, I guess I, I'm trying to think, you know, I, I like pretty much a lot of things about it, the holidays and Christmas and everything. But I, I will say this, being in the past, working from having experience working in like the service industry and like restaurants and stuff around the holidays, you get a lot of fake people. Mm-hmm. You get a lot of fake people that are just kind of, they're not, they want they want to be like giving i guess you could say and make themselves feel that they're a good person around the holidays when in actuality they're just putting on a facade mm-hmm. you know what i mean if that makes any sense i know like again for you know working in the holidays i used to work at a restaurant that was in a in a mall at Irvine Spectrum and i would get, it, it would get a lot of i would get a lot of guests sitting at my tables where they didn't, they actually didn't tip at all. Oh, Very good because it. because they were there spending money for other people in their family, right? So it's like, well, I got to. So save what's a few extra bucks for my gifts? And I would have, I would literally, I would have people straight up tell me like, "Sorry, I can't tip you because I, I'm, I have to save up and spend money on Christmas gifts." I'm like, well, "What the fuck do you think I'm working for?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like, and I'm not expecting like a big ass tip. You know what I mean? But I'm, you know, I'm kind of expecting at least eighteen percent, like a normal tip range but there's there is a lot you get a lot of people unfortunately around that time of year if you are a worker and you know this year is obviously a little different but you you know that that are working to pay for gifts and different things for their family and whatnot that rely on things like that and I think a lot of people like I said tend to be fake and they they want to be a good person and they put this facade on that they're a good person but when in actuality they're they're really you know not. What? They're in it for themselves. You bring up a good point, and you know what? I fuck it. I, I I can't stand that with on the tipping end, real quick. And 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 around this season, that does remind me. Typically, in the uh, around this time of year, uh, money is 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 pretty good for me for somebody that doesn't have any dependents. Like it, it's okay, you know. And uh, I remember a few Christmases ago. I want to shout out my favorite bartender of all time. Shout out to Dave. He's the best bartender ever, and. I used to go to this place that's no longer with us, unfortunately, called Jillian's. And Dave used to work at Jillian's. And I went there so much that I became familiar with the wait staff and the people. And uh, I enjoyed the atmosphere. I enjoyed the food. And it was around this time of year. It was around the holidays. And again, money was okay. So I could afford – and I've always liked to tip well. But I could afford to tip even better than normal. And because I liked Dave so much and I appreciated his friendship whenever I showed up and I appreciated his service – I gave him a pretty fat tip Um, uh, so much so that as I was, you know, kind of excusing myself to leave and he was looking at the check, he was like, Hey man, is this a mistake? Uh, What, you know, what's going on? And I was like, no man. And I even wrote Merry Christmas on it because that gets lost in the translation of the season. Everybody else is out there trying to go and do their own thing. 
And you're right. People get caught in that. Well, I got to buy gifts for my people. And it's like, well, you're trying to do the same thing. And the Royals trying to do the same thing. And we're all trying to do that. So instead of feeling like I can't give a little bit here because it's all got to go over the here. What if we were all lifting each other up per the season? Right. You know what I mean? Uh, and I, so you do touch on a, a nice dark side to the season that, that is gross. And, and, and um, the three of us, you were mentioning this earlier, there's three of us here these voices that you can hear that have spent some of our, some of our uh, Christmases and our holiday seasons working at theme parks on mm. Christmas day in dr- dressed up in, in kind of heavy costumes that aren't weather appropriate and makeup and everything. Like we're working, we're doing a job and we're having to contend with guests and three of us here are average enough looking that we could get cast in it. And one of us is apparently too good looking that he can never <laughs> cast in Grinchmas and Shane you want, to, you want to tell that story real quick because I just want to say as far as Grinchmas is concerned you got exposed to a lot of those people and to your point originally fake people are obviously out there too and you could tell the genuine connections you made during that job with guests meant more because you could feel it and I always loved those ones but the fake ones were the worst because these people would run up and they would grab you they would intercept you they would cut off other people waiting diligently in line it was all about me, me, me and seizing the moment. And someone's like, well, I just, you know, and then they would always use the season as a defense. Right. Uh, sorry. It's for the kids. Tis the season. It's like, right. bro, you don't get to be a fucking dick just because it's for the kids. Right. Yeah. I mean, you guys definitely, I, I, I yeah. You know, I've never done that kind of stuff. Like as far as for the holidays, you know, what kind of what you guys deal with. So I can only imagine, but like on the other end, like I said, yeah, like, working you know i guess like a normal job i guess you could say like even at the movie theater like when i used to manage movie theaters i haven't done that in years christmas day is extremely busy you know what i mean because a lot of movies come out a lot of movies come out on christmas day and it's a tradition for a lot of families to come and see a movie and so then it's like you have well the movie theater has to be open you know what I mean? So I, I, yeah, like, I mean, it's been years since I worked in a movie theater, but I remember I, I, for probably about like six years, I didn't, I had to work every Christmas day, whether it be the morning opening shift or the closing shift at the movie theater, because it was so busy. And then on top of that, people are getting their movie gift certificates and you get a family of four or six. And it's like, Oh, well, nothing's open except for maybe theme parks and movie theaters and Chinese restaurants and Chinese (laughs) restaurants. Right. Exactly. No, well said. So it's like you, and then you'll, you'll have like three movies that come out on Christmas day. Like this year, I think, uh, what is it? Wonder woman 1984 comes out on Christmas day, right? In theaters and on HBO Max. HBO Max. Yeah. Right. So it's like you you have, do do they want to sponsor us? Does HBO want to be a sponsor? (laughs) Yeah. I I have no problem being an HBO Max sponsor. I love everything on that. that Shout out to the greatest of HBO Max sponsor the pie guys. Royal and chase. What about you guys with, with the dark side of the, of the season? Royal, I'll let you take it, man. For me, I hate traveling. Mm. Oh, interesting. But more specifically, I hated the dilemma of work and travel. I want to work mm. the, the holiday. I want to be there for all the people that are coming into the theme park to visit for the, the Grinchmas event and 
because when, when I first got it, it was like, it was a huge accomplishment for me. It was, oh, I'm finally doing something outside of my norm. And this is great improv, you know, working on, working on the top tier level of my talent <laughs> and, you know, being, being married and understanding that there's also that same tradition where she has to spend time with her family. And I don't want to take away that at all. You know what I mean? That Chase and I know that we, that's just the family time and the gift time wasn't something that was really huge for us when it comes to, to Christmas. And the fact that now I'm part of this family that has this, that that's what they're, they're doing. I don't want to not you know, be there for that. So every year it always came down to, I have to take days off. What am I going to tell them? Are they going to allow it? I just hated that feeling of the <clears throat> dilemma between the two. Yes. And when everything, when it does get approved, it's like, okay, cool. Now that's out of the way. I don't have to worry about this dilemma anymore. And now we have to travel. So then we'll travel and then traveling turns into, I hope I can get back in time to do that shift when I, when I get there, because mm. I have to be on the same day or the next day. And I don't want to be late. I don't want anything to go off course of my time of work. Because, you know, it's the most time out of the year that I'll make the most money. And that, like, the priority, like you say, is always, well, I have to do this in order to provide that. Right. So it's just the dilemma of work and travel mm-hmm. and then the actual action of traveling. Because we get there, we got two suitcases, one's empty, and that's, that's the one that's getting all of the presents. And now once we have it, we're leaving. It's ensuring that those presents make the trip back and right. now that they're in our possession, now we're home. Let's drive from here to get home, check the presence, check, make sure nothing's broken. Like all of that that contains in the aspect of traveling, it gives me anxiety. I hear yes. that, man. I hear uh, that. A thousand percent. That's at the core of, I think, the stress of the season. Yeah, I mean, because like just the stress of hoping your gifts arrive on time and they don't get misplaced or even broken, like that alone is stressful enough. And then, yeah, the traveling aspect of it – you couldn't have said it better. And then, yeah, to our unique um, experience uh, given around this time of season, it, it has been difficult to balance that life. And I, I, I know for, there was a time for me where all my Christmases were spent at home. I spent every Christmas at home because that's where I was. But then I come out here and I have a decade of Christmases away from home. So I had to kind of learn to enjoy that too. And, and I remember thinking the very first time I was going to have to work Christmas day, it was going to be really weird. I was like, Oh man, normally I'm at home uh, around this time. And we would be, watching a movie or stuffing our face. Now I'm out here working. And I remember thinking naively, not a lot of people are going to be here. Well, to both of your points, Shane, a ton of people go to the movies and a ton of people go to the theme park because yeah. I didn't factor in the foreigners a lot. And, and even yeah. to the season, not everybody is celebrating Christmas the same way. So maybe that is a tradition for a lot yeah. of other people and they fly out here and now, and now they're in your face during the season. So a lot of locals locally. get it as a gift too. Like they wake up and they open up their tickets to Universal Studios or Disney and, and you know, you get these big groups all coming in the same t-shirt and it's like, it's yeah, a thing. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yep. They go all of the exactly the matching mm-hmm. clothes. Is there anything you wanted to touch on that with that, Chase? Uh, I guess sort of when you said like the the dark side of yeah. of the season. Let's get uh, dark with it. Kind of 
kind of to repeat myself a little bit, I hate most Christmas music that's out there in the shopping malls or at the theme parks and stuff. Like I'm very, very particular with the kind of Christmas music I will accept as Christmas music. Right. And of some of the more poppy stuff just drives me up the wall, but it's because oh, I, I spent, it. I spent so much time working in these theme parks around Christmas time that it just gets ingrained in, in your mind. And I hear, anything Mariah Carey holiday themed. And it, it's again, like nails on a chalkboard, but um, really more to the point about what I don't like about the season is, uh, you know, a lot of people get really depressed around this time of year. And it's, you know, because of, you know, you, when you get older, you realize that you're, you know, you're not a kid again, you're not going to have a Christmas like you used to, or, you know, family members die off or relationships change. And I'm a little bit in that category. I don't get too, far down. I mean, uh, I definitely have a new family that I've been celebrating Christmas with every year in, in my in-laws and there's an extended family there. I've got, you know, a brother-in-law and a sister-in-law and nieces and nephews now. That's kind of been a new experience for me. And, uh, because I'm a little bit socially handicapped when it comes to family relationships, it's still a big learning process for me. Like, like I said earlier, it, it had been a personal tradition of mine to just kind of sequester myself in a room and watch the Star Wars trilogy during the holidays. But you can't really do that, despite the fact that I definitely tried to do that last year. I, I, mean, I was like, well, there's a new Star Wars movie coming out. I got to watch all the Star Wars movies. And meanwhile, the family's out in the living room watching a movie together, or you know, the cookies are being made or whatever. But I've just fallen back on old habits of like, this is what I do. I flew all the way to Florida to stay with my in-laws and then stay in my wife's childhood bedroom by myself watching movies. Like that's not really a thing that you should be doing, but <laughs> I guess that's kind of the dark side of it is that like, I, I remember being really, really excited for Christmas when I was really young and being a kid and having that mentality about the season. And as I've gotten older and my own personal family has gotten so much more aloof and and uh relationships have grown grown a lot colder it's a little bit of a a hump to get over it's a little bit of a struggle and um you just have to adapt i mean i'm i, I know that i'm lucky enough to have some family there's so many people that i know friends of mine or, or friends through that i've met through kimber that have literally nobody mm -hmm. so this season's really hard for them and i think that it's it helps if you are feeling the way that I've felt to reach out to those people that, you know, don't have anybody and try to make some kind of connection there. And, and I'm sure that everybody, anybody listening to this and, and the uh, four of us know people like that where they've got nobody around this time of year. So it's, it's worth checking in on them. No, it's a uh, very well said. And I think to kind of encapsulate what we've all been touching on in, about this part of the season is clearly there are things we love about this. And I'd say more things that we probably do love than maybe don't. But some of the things that we don't like are pretty strong, strong enough that looking forward to the season isn't what it used to be. You're right. Like as a kid, it was a lot simpler. As an adult, as a complicated person, as a layered person, it's not the same. Um, uh, you know, you hope it always gets better and better. But I think hopefully the spectrum of all of those experiences makes you cherish and appreciate those really good times and find value in maybe the lone times because like I was saying for all those years where I literally on Christmas day was working and therefore forced to be around coworkers that I wanted to see my sort of like adopted family and then people that generally interacted well with me that that filled my day but I remember after many many years of working Christmas day one of those years working Grinchmas I uh, wasn't scheduled Christmas day so I had a Christmas day all to myself where I 
and and to that spot you were talking about chase about feeling alone it was weird i had a i don't know if i fully reconciled with it but i i part of me enjoyed being able to wake up on a christmas day and and not have to hear christmas music not have to <laughs> smell certain you know what i mean it was like mm-hmm. if if i want to indulge in that world i can but i could also just find an appreciation in the quiet aloneness yeah um that the season helps magnify because the idea of the season is that everybody is together so maybe mm-hmm. you don't have a huge family and you can't be with them but you probably have some friends but it, so there's the perception that if you're actually alone on christmas you're some sort of like you're like a you have leprosy or something like that's the mm-hmm. only reason you'd be alone on christmas but it's like no maybe there is something to be learned in that because even if you spent one day maybe one of those 12 days of christmas should be on your own where maybe you go out mm. camping on your own and it's just you with your thoughts and your feelings for one of the 12 days, because then you can have a newfound appreciation for the fucking chaos of the entire in-laws being over and everybody's kind of talking over each other at the dinner table. Yeah. There's some, there's some merit to that for sure. Um, you know, I think everybody, obviously if this has proven anything, everybody's got their own sort of way they approach the season. Um, I know for me personally, I, I, I don't know, Trevor, what your opinion is on it. Uh, Royal kind of answered this earlier when he, he said that Grinch was in his top three. But I personally, anyway, uh, am Grinched out. I have had enough Grinch and Grinchmas to last me forever. Because even though I haven't done the event in, uh, God, I, I'd have to, do, I have to figure out when my last year was. Several years I haven't been the Grinch. Still, I, you know, I fly out to Florida to see the in-laws who live within walking distance of universal Orlando and my mother-in-law works for universal Orlando. So even though I don't do the event anymore, Grinchmas is still a part of my yearly Christmas thing. And, you know, because everybody knows that I did Grinch for a number of years, it's always like, Oh, Grinchmas, you must be excited. I'm like, dude, I couldn't like, it's, it's kind of, it's ironic because no, I don't like Grinchmas and I don't like the whole Grinchmas thing anymore. But at the same time, the more I protest, the more they're like, nah, you are the Grinch. I'm like, <laughs> ah, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, it, right. Well, it, sh- it should be noted for the listener. If you aren't aware, uh, we were touching on this somewhat recently. Chase, just Chase is not just Chase. He's also Batman and he's also been the fucking Grinch, okay? So he was literally paid and hired to to wear the fucking costume that is not comfortable in the Southern California heat, in the makeup, uh, waking up at the dawn, crack of dawn sometimes, and then having to deal with all these people, some people that love being there, some people that don't want to really be there, and then the people that are trying to just, like, me first, me first, and the gimme gimmies. And so, yeah, I could well, understand why you're I will, But, yeah, you and LaRoyal had the harder job, though, I think, because you guys have to lean into the cheery side of stuff, whereas... I could, all I had to do was just say what I was actually thinking, but make a voice. You just have to maintain a Jim (laughs) Carrey Grinch voice and people would wait in lines sometimes in excess of an hour to just have me call their kids fat and ugly to their face. And then, Oh, that was great. Like, I'm not really playing a character at this point. I'm just like a dream job. It was, it was a lot. It was a lot of, I got kind of, uh, I got I got kind of uh, typecast <laughs> at Universal as playing all of these asshole characters, like from Grinch to polite stranger to the the French uh, police officer, all supposed mm-hmm. to be sort of these like rude caricatures. Um, so I, I guess you guys are much more the actors. I was just a guy who got lucky enough to be tall 
Yeah. But here's, <laughs> and but working here's, there at the time. Here's, here's the deal. Ra- <laughs> Raphael is crude, but rude. So fair enough. Way, fair you, enough. You speak to that nature that is a part of you. And uh, how about this? We got a little bit dark. I like that we dedicated some time to it. So in this home stretch of our Christmas special, how about we try to bring back the cheer and Mm. like you're saying, and bring it back to a happier place. And we were talking about gifts earlier, gifts you were looking forward to. So I want to close it out with gifts. You were like super excited about that. Maybe finally came through. Oh yeah. And I think we should cap it with favorite Christmas treats because there's a fucking ton of yummy food and yummy things to eat during the Christmas season. And we love to stuff our gullets here at the pie guys. So Shane, you were taught, or Leroy was talking about the, uh, the the Ninja Megazord. Uh, Anybody else have something? I I, I could think of a gift real quick. And, and uh, while I also ruminate on one that I really wanted, but this came as a Christmas gift and it was, I think directly to my brother, but any kind of anything that was my brother's was also my, we had a tight you know bond growing up so he would share and uh he got one year the virtual boy i don't know oh, i remember you, that i don't know if you guys remember the yep. virtual boy but that was a big fucking deal <laughs> it, it was one of the biggest hype campaigns in all of games and so when it showed up on christmas it was a big deal but spoiler alert the virtual boy kind of sucked okay (laughs) there were were only where maybe maybe two games i genuinely enjoyed playing but the reality is even if you found a game that you enjoyed playing and you were good at you still had to crank your neck most likely into an awkward position and Mm -hmm. fuck up your eyesight forever yeah it it gave you a headache everything about that game was uncomfortable and i don't know (laughs) i don't know why they got so behind it but they did so the christmas day that virtual boy showed up was a big fucking deal big deal because also our household was notorious for not having gaming systems. We had mm-hmm. a, we had a family computer and everybody had to share time on that. We could play games there. But when we got the virtual boys, like we finally got a gaming system and it's the worst. <laughs> anybody else? That's funny. I think I, it's funny that you didn't, because my one, one, one gift that I always remember like I guess, and that's obviously on my parents for making. I guess maybe putting that staple in my mind is getting an N sixty four console. I remember when that console came out. What ninety five, ninety six? That's one of the greatest consoles to go from Virtual Boy to N sixty four. That's one yeah. of the greatest consoles of all time. And you got right, I, I got that for Christmas one year, and I remember. Ooh. I remember the way that they like gave it to me. Like we had done, we had finished opening up our gifts and everything, and like, all right we're done and i'm thinking like that's it like not and then i was a kid you know what i mean but i don't think i'm not thinking like that's it like that's, oh, it. that's all that's all i get <laughs> you parents no i meant like i was like okay like i i, I guess in a, a part of me was maybe anticipating that and it, it i you know i was preparing myself right and i never got it so i was like okay it's like, all right, we'll clean up. And so then, like, after when growing up, it was like a good thing. My parents, I got to open up all the gifts. Me and my brother would open up the gifts, but we had to throw the trash away. So, like, all the all the wrappers. So we put all the wrappers in a in a in a trash bag, and then took it outside to throw it away in the trash bin out in the backyard. And so I go and I, I put everything away, and it, I probably spent maybe like 15, 20 minutes cleaning up the living room. And I go out there to throw away the trash and there's another big box sitting on like a table outside. Right. It was, it was, and that was it. I was like, what's this? And I was like, Oh shit, it's the N60. And then like, I opened it. So I was like, 
that's one that really kind of like with the surprise twist ending that's dope right yeah like, i thought that was it the christmas was miracle like, oh. it's, it's kind of like kind of like your version of finally getting the red rider bb exactly exactly okay. it's exactly okay. kind of what it is all right uh the royal what about you man I would say one that really set in stone for me, besides that Ninja Megazord, um, Spider-Man. We're, we're, we're talking of, of consoles, and, and Shane mentioned how we transitioned from the action figures and the toys to, you know, video games and everything. And it's, and it's such an interesting dynamic that we're that generation that went from, you know, all your, your toy toys to video games mm-hmm. and beyond. And it was certainly 2000. When Spider-Man came out, it was the first game that I alone beat on the PlayStation by myself the same day. I opened that bad boy up that morning, (laughs) super excited, ran upstairs, popped it in, and we we just, I just just played it, played it all the way through, and, and and I beat it. Even to that moment, Chase, with, with the giant the dot carnage yeah. that's coming at you thing, uh, I can't even remember how many tries it took me, but it certainly was a full eight hour. I paused it to go eat dinner, <laughs> and, and I came back out and I, and I played it uh, until I finished it. So, and more specifically for for anyone listening, um, I am a huge Spider Man fan. So to able to be able to play Spider Man back then. And not really understand the impact that it has now, and now my kids are into it. Like it mm-hmm. just, it just means so much more. Thinking talk, back on it, talk yeah. about traditions. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're you're also passing that love of that on naturally too. Yeah. Um. And so that's really fucking dope. Chase, what about you? Uh, I remember one toy that I got. Uh, you know, touching back on the the action figure generation that we come from. I had a lot of Star Wars action figures, and they weren't. I mean, if anybody remembers, they were a little bit smaller, but it's because they made them smaller so that they could fit into all the vehicles because they sold all of the like spaceships and uh, TIE fighters and X-Wings and all that stuff. And one year I got the Millennium Falcon Ooh. and the top of it opened up and you could that's see. A hu- the, that's a huge toy, by the way. It was big. big. It was, it was yeah. a large. It was and really it was big. massive. Because the, the whole top came off so that you could see like the cargo hold and the, you know, the chest set and the, the chessboard couch area thing. And I, I have a very vivid memory of late that night after, you know, all of the dinner had been eaten and I'd been playing with the toy. I just was too excited to actually take the moment and sit down and put all the decals on it. Cause it, you know, toys like that came with the big yep, thicker yep. book that had big all the, stickers. you have to put this decal here. And, put, yeah. and I remember very specifically being so nervous that I was going to put one of them on crooked. <laughs> yes. Like, like I was a surgeon going in and putting things in the spots. And so that, that, that is a, a Christmas memory for sure. I also remember while I was doing that, my little brother, I'm seven years older than my little brother. Uh, my brother had gotten one of those uh, like plastic uh, Batman masks that doesn't have a back on it. It's just, you put it on your face and there's like the baseball cap part of it on the back. Right. And he had, he had that on his face and he was completely asleep sitting on his feet with his face like pressed up against his bed, just like knocked out, totally Christmased out. <laughs> I'm sitting here doing Millennium Falcon <laughs> surgery. <laughs> uh, dude, hey, so I, love- I want to say my, my Millennium Falcon was the ship 
from Galaxy Quest. No, not Galaxy Quest. Um, Lost in Space. Oh yeah, okay. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, Greg, yeah. You're playing with the Millennium Falcon. I'm playing with just the Lost in Space ship and putting on my stage. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, yeah. I can see our, our worlds being parallel. Dude, I didn't dude. The, the cool one, but I got like, eh, it does all right. That's that's <laughs> cool too. It's a lost art. Putting those decals on those things is something that kids will never have to do ever again. You know. You guys are bringing up something. I, I'm so glad you mentioned this because it jogged my memory. You think you had the fucking stepchild to the Millennium Falcon? Okay. <laughs> I, I had something else I wanted to say, so I'll touch on these three things quickly. But I did get a ship one one Christmas, you know, uh, and it should be said, uh, my brother, prior to this gift that I got, had, for at least a year, had the USS Enterprise. And he had the um, Next Generation version. And as a toy, that was a really cool toy. Like, size-wise, it was pretty big. It was probably you – know, it was big enough that, like, if you just put it on display, it would look cool. It wasn't like a little toy that you scraped up. Because a lot of the Star Wars toys, for instance, were, like, the smaller versions. But if you got things like the Millennium Falcon, they were so big that you could put the little pieces in them. Well, this, this Next Generation ship was cool. It had buttons you could push. It would make different sounds. It lit up. And back in that day, that was pretty much the extent of what toys could do, right? Like some of it maybe had battle damage and you could transform it a little bit. But for both a, a on-display thing and a toy you could fly around with, the, the, the Enterprise was pretty cool. And as, my, as the younger brother, I was a, always a little envious of that. I never had something like that. I had my own Transformers, my own Batman toys, my own Turtles toys. So me and my brother could compare and trade, but I never really had a ship. And so one Christmas... I got a fucking ship, dude. <laughs> One Christmas, I got the fucking blockade runner from Star Wars. And I'm talking oh. the very first ship in Star Wars that you see. Yeah. The very first ship. And I'm talking New Hope. There's the mm -hmm. fucking opening scroll, and we mm -hmm. pan down. And before we see a Star Destroyer, we see, here comes, the, over <laughs> our head, here comes the fucking blockade runner that the Star Destroyer is chasing. I got that ship. And when I got it, I thought it was one of the coolest ships ever. And I would—I remember getting into like arguments with my brother because it was like finally I had a ship, and I was like, "My ship is better than the fucking Enterprise, okay?" <laughs> <laughs> because my ship is not only from Star Wars, but it's the first fucking ship you see in Star Wars. And my brother was like, "That ship's a fucking transport." <laughs> You got a transport ship. And then when he actually educated me on it, I was like, this ship fucking sucks. <laughs> this ship fucking sucks, dude. The blockade nah, runner. No, I, I still sucks. think you had the better ship. I'll put a hard line in the sand and say any ship from Star Wars beats a ship from Star Trek. It doesn't Whoa. matter what it is. Whoa, tis the season again. I, I would agree. I mean, I'm a big yeah, Star Wars fan, sure. but I, I will say the Bird of Prey ship is pretty dope from Star Trek. Is that the the? I mean, that's the green one, right? Like the, the Klingon, Klingon ship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're cool. So here's the here, here's the deal. The, I got that ship, but but real quick, uh, one of the gifts I had that I I absolutely loved when I got it. I wasn't as much as a younger kid, but this was sort of like a coming of age moment for me because again, I've documented we didn't have consoles. We got the Virtual Boy years ago. We had the family computer. I didn't even have a TV in my room growing up, but when I got my own computer, that was a big deal. And when I, my, my very first computer I got, do you guys remember the EMAC? Oh yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. How, yes. I don't know how well you could see it, but it's it's an it's an old school desktop and it's mm-hmm. all white. And I thought it looked really sleek and cool, right? So I was like, the Emac is mine. I had it, and when I, and and I remember specifically requesting it. And so it was one of those, like you said, Shane, you requested it, you got it, and it felt like, oh, my parents trust me now with my own computer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, like so that that was cool. And one other random gift I got that I really enjoyed at the time, I've talked about my love for Weird Al Yankovic. When yep. I got when I got his bad <laughs> I got his bad hair day CD as and I Ooh. asked for it specifically. And that's the one where he's dressed up like Coolio on the front. Oh yeah. That's Amish Paradise. That was like the real big song. I loved that CD. So getting those two specifically, they kind of Dude, that was that was peak Yankovic, like that, was, that whole era. Song yes. with Ronnie with scissors. Yes, that was, that predates Running with Scissors, but he was it was peak Yankovic, like you said. It that does, was like, yeah. Like, uh, those two thousand era Yankovic. So I love the gift talk, and I want to round this out on a high note on treats. So, mm. uh, what's <clears throat> what are some of your favorite Christmas mm. treats? And could you narrow it down to one, or is that too fucking rude? Man, that's that's tough. Um, I, I'll just take an obvious one that's uh, a little vague and and kind of a wide spectrum, but just Christmas cookies in general. And they, there's a billion different varieties, and I'm sure everybody's got their own favorite variety. And uh, yep. if you ever come to spend Christmas with my in-laws, then you'll have Christmas cookies until you die. Snowballs, but, snowball cookies. Dude, yeah, every every type of variety of Christmas cookie that can be made is usually on display at the parish household. So uh, I'll just say Christmas cookies are my favorite. Right on. There you go. Okay, well, I'll dovetail off that because cookies are great for the season. And um, you were just talking about it. You were talking about people having their own favorites. Mm-hmm. And so I do. Hey, uh, I don't even know really what to specifically <laughs> call them. Hello there. <laughs> <laughs> check your room what she, is must, what is <laughs> it? she heard us talking about cookies and she knew and she perked up because kids love cookies what adult, does she want for christmas adult kids love cookies and my, my dad makes these uh they're just called like I, I don't even know what to call them I, i'll call them dad's cookies my dad makes his own like brand of cookie that his mom taught him and i remember making them with him one time because i was like man these are always great and uh, uh it's hard to explain it. They're, they're kind of like a, a cinnamon chocolate roll, but they're not like traditional round cookie form. It's like dough that's like kind of layered over on itself. And you, and, and my dad showed me how to hand make it. It's like this classic thing. And there's something about eating those cookies that top even, even the best store-bought cookies. So cookies are on point for the season. What about you guys? Uh, I would say something that, well, something that always kind of sticks in my mind with the holidays as far as treats go. Is the uh, pop the tin popcorns? Oh yeah, that's good. With, good the tin choice. Popcorn things. Yep. It has like mm-hmm. the decoration on the side. You get like a butter, and then you get your cheese, and then um, what do you call it? Caramel. The caramel popcorns. Those always remind me of Christmas time. Like the whole yeah. Fuck yeah! Great point. What about you, Laroyal? What about you guys? I already know. I'm, I'm gonna say a few things. I'm gonna say, of course, eggnog. Yep. I can only get it during the season and always makes me mad, but really happy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm also, gonna, I don't know if it's a seasonal type of uh, cookie or a treat, but peppermint bark. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Another good pick. To go one too. Throw that out there. And yep. then uh, lastly, because it certainly only comes during the, I think during the cold season, but they might've had it uh, year round. Hot butterbeer. 
Oh. Ooh, yeah. very specific oh, brand damn. of treat. Very specific I'm gonna, brand of treat. I'm going to throw that in there, too. That is a How yummy treat. Can attest. I don't think there's a bad choice with any of those things that you said, um, nor with, I think, anything we've really talked about this entire time. And this was a big one. Uh, but I, I'm glad that we all made the time for each other for the season and trying to keep the spirit alive. Um, I, I, uh, I really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, you guys, I've said it many times before. This is, this is a family to me, you guys. So being able to do this and, and even if we can only reminisce about certain times or, or use our imaginations to imagine, to think about what it would be like, uh, I still enjoy that, that whole experience. Um, even if 2020's Christmas this year is going to be vastly different, I don't know. Um, uh, it's not like they, we we can't. It's not like we can't still have the the essence of these Christmases past that we love uh, this year. So, uh, are there any final words? Any other final things you want to touch on? Just looking forward to that eggnog and some Mandalorian. That's all I want for this there year. You go. Yeah, don't shoot your eye out. um i got yeah i got one more thing that i want to say it is a uh, is an old is an old chinese proverb that um or is a japanese an old japanese proverb that uh i used to live my life by and is uh cowabunga (laughs) (laughs) i made another funny excellent there it is very well said merry christmas <laughs> happy holidays uh tis the season Share, spread the love and uh, the pie guys will be back for more i love you guys okay fa la 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 we fucking get it tis the season and i love the season but it wouldn't actually be a full appreciation for the season if we didn't acknowledge that there's a dark side to to it. When a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. And you can't get angels unless people pass on. All I'm saying is, may this be a lesson to Shano that when one of your partners is dying, you definitely don't hide in the hallway and let them die, even though it is a video game. You know what I mean? Last time on... First time, girlfriend Tess and new package Ellie are en route. Daddy Joel to the downtown city hall. They got to drop her off. Nobody wants this job. Joel doesn't want the job. Tess doesn't want the job. But look, bricks were used a lot. Punches were thrown even more than bricks were used. And ammo has been conserved. I don't know that that's the ultimate strategy that the train is implementing, but it is a good one, I think, to get in the habit of. You don't want to use all your ammo. You don't want to, you know, use more rounds than it takes to kill somebody. All right, cutscene, cutscene. Uh-oh. So for the hardcore listeners, the, the, the big-time Pie Guy fans, the one, you should know that the one and only Shane the Train Cervantes has never fully played through The Last of Us. He is currently in his playthrough now, and it's so early in the game, this is the part, you could probably definitely hear some of this arguing, this is a big part of the game, uh, in the narrative of the game, and in the shift in the tone of the game.
Uh oh, show me them infected. Oh, there it is. Where that happened? The subway? Say that again. So where that happened? The subway? Where'd you get that bite? Were they eating fresh in the subway? I think she got it in the museum you guys just came out of. Can you imagine that now? I mean, let's recap in case you... Oh, shit. Shit is about to hit the fan. Joel, 20 years ago, lost his daughter when the pandemic kicked off. And now, 20 years into the fucked up future, this girl that he's had a life with has suddenly been bit. And she's, you know, hours away from death. So now suddenly what was a, a group of three has now been reduced to just Joel and Ellie having to brave this world. Jelly? <laughs> Jelly. Peanut butter and jelly sandwich now. There's no more Tess. Now the cutscene has has ended and uh, and Shane has control over the action again. And here we go. Gunshots just went off. That probably doesn't bode well for Tess. Oh boy. There's at least four different guys that just stormed into the museum about 15 seconds behind Joel. And they just took out Tess. I mean, we just had that cutscene, and now she's gone. Now they're sprinting over to this other room, and they're trying to get out of there. They don't necessarily want to throw down with these guys, but it's a matter of, of getting out of there. There's some stuff maybe over there behind that thing. You're running the wrong way, buddy. All oh, there's stuff there. There you go. Shane found some stuff. Got to run. Got to make that jump. Got to make this jump from one building to the next. Oh, but he stopped it. He jumped. Oh, very oh ooh, I remember this part. Ooh, upgrade. Now, we've been running around with just bricks. And dicks and fists and nine millimeters, but now we have a fucking bolt action hunting rifle. Damn. Six rounds on the hunting rifle. Shane has currently two health kits, a brick, and whoa, seventeen rounds in the nine millimeter? You thought he you thought he didn't have weapons. This dude's a mini fucking how far have we come from the days of bricks and, and elbows? Shane has seventeen rounds in a nine millimeter, fucking fourteen rounds in a in a revolver, which suits six rounds for a full clip, and a hunting rifle now. And now those guys are still looking for him. There's two guys straight ahead. Now three. One guy just jumped down. There's four I can see now. Four guys just right now looking for Shane in this museum. It's go time. No more tests. So really, it's just them versus Joel. Ellie's just there, but what can she do? She doesn't have a gun. She has a backpack full of homework that she never turned in. One guy is, oh, he's about to see Shane. He's about to see Shane. He's about to, he just, oh, Shane just, no, he punched him again. He, wow. Well, classic. I, I, I hit the wrong button, Shane said. When have we heard that one before? Now, the guy, wow. Jelly just did something. Ellie just stabbed that guy, so she's not useless. All right, Shane was wanting to sneak up on guys, and now he's still punching people. All those guns I told you about with all those ammos that he has. Those are just there for decoration. Why have ammunition when you have the... Oh, this guy's got a helmet on. Oh, he just fired and missed Shane. Shane's punching this guy right in the fucking plexiglass helmet. It doesn't do anything. Okay, so we did have four guys looking for Shane. Not anymore. We have one guy left. I think we only have one guy left. It, in But 10 seconds of mayhem between Shane hitting the wrong button and Ellie doing all the work, there's three guys left. And now Shane pulls his gun out. He's got that... Oh! Oh! Shot him! <laughs> okay, I thought he was dead. Wow. Wow, he's still alive. Wow, the guy that won't die on normal mode. Sorry. Sorry, Gilly. Did we yell too loud for you? Boo, 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 boo. Sorry, I got excited because I thought we were going to be in 
in in store for Shane sneaking up on people. And I try he okay, look, you can't see this, but Shane tried to sneak up on the guy from the same angle the guy was coming, right? Like he was hit, hiding behind a thing and the the guy was like two seconds away from coming around the corner and seeing Shane. And lost half your life. Yeah. Oh, well, hey, how about that? Only use three bullets to kill four guys. Do the math on that one. How do you do? How do you make those bullets stretch? And we picked up a few more steroids while we're at it. So Shane is the master of conserving his ammo, uh, whether intentionally or unintentionally. But he's loaded right now. So for the for for any encounter that comes his way, he's got a bullet with your name on it, and most likely a fist. I probably won't use it. No, he's not gonna use it. It's just there for. It's just there. Oh, oh, this part. I remember this part. And this part is not necessarily the easiest encounter. Now we see two guys down the hall. And, and, and there's three there now. They're at least 100 feet away from him, though. So they're not about to see him unless he's real careless. And now he runs over to the other hallway. Oh, that guy almost saw him. All right, now Shane is kind of stalking one guy over here. They've crossed over into... Oh, there's some health. They've crossed over into a... A really dark and guess what? Dank room. This guy's walking real slow. Shane should be able to. Oh, is, now he backed off. Now backed off completely. Shane had an angle on him and he backed off. Now the guy's about to be out in the hallway. Oh, Shane grabbed him right before he could jump out of the hall. Nice grab. He's choking this guy off. I said choking him off. One down. At least what? Two more to go. Oh, that guy almost saw you. Oh, this guy did see him. They saw him. That guy saw him. And now. Shane just grunted in real life and in the game. Just took a shot, shrugged it off. So much for the 2x4. Back to the old trusty fists. Boom. Throw you against this couch and call you my dad. Okay. So quickly, three guys are down. There's this guy. Running up on Shane. Oh, he, damn. One shot. Shane shot him in the nipple and found the weak spot. He used the force, Luke. Dude, that was the shot into the fucking... Into the little space porthole that the Death Star has. Okay, there's one guy poking his head around the corner. Doesn't exactly know where Shane is. Or maybe he does. He's running on him. He's running on him. And Shane just says, fuck guns. He pushed him against the wall. Now he's punching him. Oh, oh my God. Shane just turned the guy around, grabbed him by the back of the head, and slammed his face into the wall. Fuck the hat you had on. It didn't protect you. And his blood went everywhere over that wall i can barely set the stage before shane just takes everybody out oh there's another guy we can see him way down there kind of blurry Sh shane's trying to oh there's two guys shane wants to now suddenly be a sniper with a nine millimeter gun that has three rounds in it. it's not even fully loaded and he just figures why not shoot people since you guys are talking about me punching people shane's got about 75 percent of his life right now he's not a full life but he's doing okay he's doing okay there's two guys. Now we can both see them. And you don't have to kill these guys, just to let you know. If you can sneak by them and get out this room, then it saves all the trouble of having to kill them. But Shane just said, I want to kill them. I don't I don't begrudge you that. You start to get the bloodlust, and that guy's looking right at you almost. And there's always the benefit of, what are they going to drop? Are they going to drop any goodies? Are they going to give me any ammo? Do they have a dirty magazine on them? Now, these two guys are wearing some padded armor. They look ready for combat. These guys have helmets on with, oh, Shane, that's what you get for running on people. Why is that your strategy? Wow, and Shane just wasted another round. He's not good with guns, folks. This guy's coming up on your left. Shane, what are you doing? Shane gets punched. How do you like it? Taste your own medicine, bitch. Shane killed that guy the same way he killed the other dude. And this dude had a fucking full helmet with a blast visor on. Like, a, he's going to go welding. 
And uh, Shane just said, fuck it. I'm going to smash your head into the wall. But guess who's at full life? It's none of these guys that have been punched to death. That's for sure. Shane's at full. That's a fully erect green bar of life. He's got 11 rounds in the 9 milli that he's never going to use. One more shank. He's got a wrench on the screen, which means he can build some stuff. So my point is, by by setting the stage there, no more threats, it seems like. All the threats have been neutralized. So Shane was admiring his handiwork, checking his items. Uh, uh, he has a brick still, in case you were wondering. Two shivs, one health kit for good measure, 30 pills to take. Again, a lot's happened in a, in a relatively short period of time. You better run. These guys that have been pursuing Shane this whole time, that unsuccessfully, I've pushed him down into a sewer system. He's down, down in the subway. So now we got two more guys down in the subways looking for Shane. They're, they know he's down here. They know this is the guy who keeps punching all of their friends out. And, and they just can't find him yet. They can't quite corner him or get him. This guy's about to see Shane. Grabbed him. Grabbed him. Oh, and he shivved him. Oh, punch, punch. And one more punch. A fourth punch. A fifth punch. Six, seven, and a headbutt! So... Really, the objective at this point... The, well, uh, well, actually, the objective was to drop Ellie off. They were supposed to drop Ellie off back where Tess died. And so now the mission has changed. It's not just stay alive, obviously. It's get this girl to your brother Tommy. Well, Shane got stuck again, so this is all we have the time for today. <laughs> you thought I was kidding? Look at yourself. You're stuffed. How, how could you not be? This was a big one. Give yourself a round of applause. The one. You did it. We're very proud of you. And sincerely, if you have made it this far, not just in this episode, but on this journey, on this ride, on these train tracks, through all the wackiness and the chaos that we have been, and that has been 2020, if you've made it this far, you are the one. It's for you that we add all of these. We're thankful for you. We appreciate you. We're glad that you are part of our rotation. Expect more things, not just in the new year, but more things like this. And in the meantime, you should know by now when to expect us. So when I say every, you say Tuesday. Every. Every. When I say at, you say 420. At. At. See, I knew you had it. Yay!